my friends, Texas filed this Hail Mary lawsuit directly to the Supreme Court saying that they have original jurisdiction for disputes between states. And immediately, many of these pro-Biden, many uh, Democrat-leaning legal experts and analysis started saying, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, it's never going to happen. You know, we had CNN running a segment. And then a couple other states voiced their support, saying they're getting behind Texas. My friends, it's up to 17 states now issuing this challenge, a third of the country questioning the results of this election. And they're essentially saying this should be overturned and Trump should win. Because the argument is really just... Four states violated the electors clause of the Constitution. Therefore, the state should choose the state legislature should choose the state legislature are Republicans. This would mean I, I just I guess it's very simply a Trump victory. So this is breaking news. We got We got a lot of information coming out about this. We also have Trump asking Ted Cruz to argue the case and the Supreme Court might not even take it. So we're going to talk about this. We got we got a, a, a bunch of other things to talk about. We've got stuff about, I guess, Pope Francis, Bra- Pope Francis backing the Great Reset. And we have uh, a new autonomous zone emerging. Mm. You, we, all, uh, we all know how much everyone loved the uh, LARP farm at the original autonomous zone. But this should be a really interesting show because we actually have a great guest, Jen Perlman, who is, uh, you're progressive, yes? I am progressive. You ran as a Democrat against Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Correct. Very anti-establishment, though. I am anti-establishment. I mean, the only reason I ran as a Democrat is that's the only way to do it where I live. All right. Like I'm, I am with them by name. All right. So this isn't like a Philip. It's not my philosophy is yeah. nothing establishment, but, um, I am for policies. I am for whatever is going to create a better collective. And the best way for me to do that where I live is unfortunately through the party. That's, that's just, that's just the way it is. I mean, the same is true for Trump. He's not a Republican in the way these other Republicans have exactly. been. And, but he used the party. And same thing for Bernie Sanders, too. So this will be interesting, too. We had a, we had a really, we were having a lot of really great conversations before the show even started. And, you know, anti-woke, I guess. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I am anti-woke. I think they, that's a problem because I think a lot of people that probably listen to you um, have this vision of the left, the woke left. And I feel like I need to represent the actual left um, and let you know that that woke left is not us. All right. So, so fighting, those fighting people, for legitimacy. Yes. And who it's is problem. the real left? Um, I'm left on policy. So when you want to say who's the real left, the people that are fighting for a $15 minimum wage, Medicare for all, getting out of the regime change wars, the people that are standing up for what would be the labor party, which is non-existent. So that's the actual left. Um, the people that are the Democrats, that's not the left. No, they're weird corporate. They're, they are at best center. Like if you were to take a typical, you know, centrist Democrat in any other country, that's not the left. Maybe maybe the better way to put it is the Democrats just say whatever they think will get them the most votes. Well, that's for sure. Yeah, that's for <laughs> sure. And, and the that's candidates true. do it. too. Many Republicans, like most of them, actually. Uh, so we'll 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 jump sure. into a lot and we're, we're, we'll talk about the news and then we'll get into a bunch of policy stuff. It'll be fun. We also have uh, Luke Rudkowski, who is just he lives here now, I guess. So, you know, he's on the show in your parking lot. Hi, my, <laughs> my political ideology most aligns with Ron Swanson on steroids. And I run We Are Change the Thanks for having me on. Or probably Ron Paul. Uh, it depends. Ron you put, cool you put a nice. picture of Ron Paul on my Christmas tree. <laughs> He's a star and, and an angel. And an I angel. like him. I yeah. like him. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. No, uh, he is where we meet on the other end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's I mean, Ron end. Paul's awesome. Everyone yeah. we've had on the show. It's, it's interesting, too, because I, I lean left on a lot of policy issues, but I think Ron Paul's great because yep. he's a libertarian, you know. Ian's chilling yes. in the uh, in the, in the the wonderful... Repeal, oh, my gosh. Re- repeal oh, the Federal Reserve go. Act of 1913. Preach. Yes. Was it Jekyll Island? Is that what it's called? Yes, where they wrote it up. And then, of course... Woodrow Wilson. 
Lydia is producing. Yeah, I'm trying to give you guys a sneak peek. Sorry about that. Okay, so let's, uh, uh, if you haven't already, smash the like button, subscribe to the notification bell live Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. Thanks for hanging out. Let's, uh, let's, let's, this is going to be interesting. We're going to have a conversation about what's going on with Trump in this election. I am, uh, I have this story from Reuters. Check this out. Trump and 17 states back Texas bid to undo his election loss at the Supreme Court. Reuters reports, President Donald Trump and 17 U.S. states on Wednesday threw their support behind a long shot lawsuit by Texas seeking to overturn his election loss by asking the U.S. Supreme Court to throw out the voting results in four states. Trump, defeated by President-elect Joe Biden in the November 3rd election, filed a motion with the court asking the nine justices to let him intervene and become a plaintiff in the suit filed on Tuesday or by Republican-governed Texas against Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. If the justices let Trump join the lawsuit, it would create the extraordinary circumstance of a sitting U.S. president asking the top court to decide that the millions of votes cast in the four states did not count. The Republican president lost to Biden in the four election battleground states after winning them in the 2016 election. Writing on Twitter, Trump said, this is the big one. Our country needs a victory. In a separate brief, lawyers for 17 states led by Missouri's Republican Attorney General Eric Schmidt also urged the justices to hear the case. Election law experts have said the Texas lawsuit stands little chance of success and lacks legal merit. And I will add as well, we actually had a Trump supporting lawyer on the show, Will Chamberlain, the other day, who also didn't think it was going to make it. So take that with a grain of salt. I know a lot of people are excited by this. And I think outside of that, there's political ramifications as to why I think they will end up taking this. But I'm not a lawyer. The, uh, Reuters goes on to say the lawsuit, the latest in a series of election challenges brought by Trump's campaign and supporters that so far have failed in numerous courts, was brought by Ken Paxton, the Republican attorney general of Texas and an ally of the president. Here we go. In addition to Missouri, the states joining Texas were Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Montana, Nebraska, North Dakota, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Utah, and West Virginia. Wow. All of the states were represented by Republican officials in the filing. All but three of the states have Republican governors. They go on to say Trump has made false statements, et cetera, et cetera. But I think we got the gist of the story. And uh, I'm just going to say I wouldn't be surprised if the other Republican states, of which I think uh, by by, by uh, state houses, we have, what, 29 states that are Republican. I don't see why they all wouldn't sign on either, except I think, you know, uh, the states that are actually being sued who are Republican as well. So that means there's 25 states that could potentially sign on supporting this lawsuit. Now, as of right now, my understanding is They've just filed for leave, which means they're asking permission to sue. We'll see if it happens. But um, this is kind of crazy. The president is joining Republican states, suing four states that went for Biden in order to win the election. Is this civil <laughs> war? Like, what's it? <laughs> well, well, it's, it's not civil war, but this is one third of the United States saying that they are contesting the election. This is significant. And we'll see how it plays out in the Supreme Court. A lot of people have their different opinions on this, but this shows you how this country is divided and how this divide is going to keep growing. Very bad. Yes. I mean, it's, it, you know, look, years ago, I was talking about the violence in the streets, Antifa, Proud Boys and stuff. And people were saying, you know, I was like, I, I feel like we're on the trajectory for a civil war. I feel like it's possible because you have growing tribal factions. You have the culture war, which became political when it reached, you know, politicians. Then we started seeing, you know, populist left, populist right getting into positions, uh, uh, federal positions, getting elected. So now it's in government. Now it's in the presidency. Now it's in the Supreme Court. And now you have the states lining up. This is crazy. Earlier today, I was like, when you have five states, you know, lining up against four states, we're starting to see the states draw those lines. 
This is this, this, this to me is nuts. If if 17 states are basically saying Joe Biden shouldn't be president, what happens if Joe Biden becomes president? How are these states going to function? We also had the the uh, the Oath Keepers, the largest militia in the country. Their founder said uh, his it, uh, what's Rhodes. his name? Rhodes, Stuart, Stuart, Rhodes. Rhodes. Stuart Rhodes. Stuart Rhodes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. He said that half the country will not view anything out of uh, Joe Biden's mouth as legitimate, that he's not the president. So this is getting spicy. Well, there's going to be a lot of Tenth Amendment arguments and a lot of sheriffs and a lot of local politicians kind of trying to stand their ground. And we're going to have another big battle, as we've seen under the Bill Clinton presidency between the states and the big federal government, where we saw large incidences like Waco and Ruby Ridge. I mean, a oh, lot of man. people are talking about the worst of the worst. I don't know. Some people are trying to be more pragmatic, saying maybe it won't be that bad. But just from your kind of expertise politically, how do you see the, these things moving forward? Because some people are saying there's going to be a big clash. There's going to be a big fight. Some people are saying, well, no one's really going to care. Everyone's going to go back to normal. How do you see it from your kind of political expertise? I think that right now everybody is anticipating the worst possible scenario. I think, first of all, it's very fear-based thinking, and yeah. that's something that we all like to do. I think people are very into their labels. They're very into teams. This is very tribalist. And so people are sort of doubling down. Now, did those same people have the actual you know, wherewithal to follow up with that, to actually do something? Does this actually go anywhere? Does this hit the streets? Does this become – I don't know. Like, I don't think so. I think that – um, depending on what happens with this legally, we'll kind of determine where it goes. And yet there's going to always be a contingency of people that are going to say this is illegitimate. Well, so you voted for Biden. I I did. Not proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> you were very, not proud of it. And, and again, I, it's one of those things like I am not the person that's going to stand here and argue for that. Right. It wasn't – I could just as easily have not. Like I went back and forth. It wasn't like a good – this was not an easy choice. It's not something I I'm proud you. of. You know, I didn't vote for Trump or Hillary in 2016. I didn't and, either. And I think it's because on policy issues, I lean left on a lot of policy so issues. So did you go I, – I voted green. In 16, I voted, I voted for, for Stein. Trump. Oh, in okay. 2016, I didn't vote. Oh, okay. I, I put my feet up on the desk. I was hanging out. Yeah. Do you know Cassandra Fairbanks? No. She's uh, I, she's still a Trump supporter, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. But uh, I was hanging out with her. She used she was a progressive like that. I think that year, right, 2016, and then she flipped because I think a lot of because of the wokeness. She it it went from yeah. her being this big activist supporting progressive causes and social justice issues to being attacked because. I guess they call her passing white, even though she's, you know, part Puerto Rican or whatever. So she ends up becoming a Trump supporter. I'm hanging out with her. I put my feet up on a desk. I'm just laughing as as the results come in. Seeing Hillary Clinton lose, it was like it was comeuppance for the Democratic Party for the dirty games they played. Oh, I never supported her. There was no universe wherein I was voting for Hillary Clinton. That wasn't <laughs> happening. My, I mean, the, the, it really came down to for me in that election. I voted green. I'm always it, as opposed to abstaining. Um, you know, any support of third parties, if we can get third parties to get 5%. Agree, yeah. So, so really that was, and you know, Jill Stein was fine. If like I, I didn't, you know, if I could ask you, what was the, the determining factor that made you vote for Biden, but not for Hillary? Okay. What was that decision? Because it's interesting <laughs> to really deep dive into these things and understand yeah. what went behind this. Okay. So I, like I said, I am about the policies. I despise both of those people in terms of policy. Let's be like, there is no, I have no delusion about Joe Biden. Um, really what it came down to for me was when Trump basically signaled to the Proud Boys. And again, it's theater and it's hyperbole. I'm not saying like, oh, he hurt my feelings. This isn't that. I'm not those people. And when he indicated that he wouldn't support a peaceful transition of power. And that is a problem for me because there's something I do believe in is our constitution. So I take that seriously. So when it comes to a lot of things, I am very live and let live. The fact that he was seemingly to me, 
directly threatening basically the foundation of the what is our process that was not okay with me i i never um it was never about joe biden i he's don't you think hillary clinton did that the democrats did that I, I know you're not a big fan of the establishment oh, God, politicians. No. But, no, no, no. You know, for four years, I, I guess the argument from the right is for four years, they accused Trump of literally being an agent of Russia. They yeah. spent $30 million doing this this investigation, which turned out nothing. They ended up going after, I think the prosecution of Michael Flynn is, is, is nightmarish when you look at all the details. And then so Trump basically is like, why am I going to give them the courtesy that they didn't give me? I, I, I agree. But this is one of those whataboutism things, right? So I'm as an adult I am dealing with what I have in front of me right now. I have never supported Hillary Clinton. I find her despicable for so many reasons. Like we, I could write a dissertation. I wonder if everyone's cheering in the chat right now. Like Hillary's Probably, awful. Yeah. Everybody hates her. No, she's horrible. She's a horrible person. <laughs> I she, think we could all agree on that. Yeah, no, she <laughs> is a horrible person. Yes. Um, I find her infinitely more nefarious than yeah. I find Joe Biden. Yes. Yeah. Um, I find him more hapless. I find him just, he's just a tool. He's an establishment tool. I find Hillary to be quite nefarious. But but Kamala Harris is the actual Kamala candidate. is Hillary. Right, right. Oh, so you voted for I, Kamala. Well, I didn't. And I plan on spending the next four years of my life like making sure that there's a really decent primary challenge. I mean, I, and I have been very clear that there is no universe. See, for the same reason I find Hillary nefarious, I find Kamala nefarious. I don't find Joe Biden nefarious. And if he's the pause button, like I view him as the pause button, but we still need to get our shit. Stuff in order. Yes. <laughs> I didn't say it. The ship. The ship. We have to our write our ship. Yes. Yeah. But, um, yes, but we do, and it's and it's a serious problem. So no, and I don't see him I, as solving anything. But I think, come on, Joe Biden's on the way out. I'm not trying to be mean or no, anything, no, no. but I, Nancy Pelosi, you know, created <clears throat> that commission or whatever of presidents. To also like, on her way out. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah I <laughs> certainly hope so. I can't believe that she keeps winning. But anyway. She creates this commission about removing a president if they're not cognitively fit or whatever. And everyone's like, you're trying to get rid of Trump. And of she course. goes, no, no, it's for a future president. No, no, no. They're yeah. wanting to install Kamala. That's That's been their goal for the past four years. They I'd were sticking her there Trump one way or the other. Kamala. I mean, Biden even talked about I won't, this. I can't even say that I wouldn't necessarily. I really can't say. Again, like when I made that decision, this is not something where I'm, again, like yeah. I wish I could tell you I defend that and this. I don't. I really don't. It yeah. really could have been a coin toss on the day that I did it. It's, you know, I don't, I, I, I hear you saying, I, I've, I've met a lot of people. Um, one of the stories I tell a lot is I was in, I, I went on Glenn Beck's show. I was in Texas. Where's he? Is he in Austin or something? And I was in an Uber on the way to the studio and the guy who was driving was, uh, the child of immigrants. He, I, he asked me what I was doing. I said, I was going to Glenn Beck and he's like, oh yeah, yeah, politics and stuff like that. And he's like, so, so you're a Trump, Trump supporter at the time. I was like, no, no, I think the media lies about him. I don't think he's that bad, but I'm not. And he was like, yeah, he, he said, I, vo I voted for him. And you know, man, I just wish he would stop talking and stop tweeting the way he does because it's like it's hard to defend sometimes you know and i'm like this is a regular guy who's driving uber who likes the president but is having an issue with the president's character and the things he says yeah particularly around like you know we'll see what happens with the election and stuff i personally don't think it was the most bombastic thing he said in terms of we'll see how it plays out you know not a peaceful transition or whatever we'll sue and now it's certainly not a a, a yeah well i don't know if it's you, you can't call it peaceful it's it's, it's going smooth. through the courts we don't or know yet the right, truth right. is we don't know what's going to happen come you know what is it january 21st is i'm that i'm kind of scared i'm i'm i i don't think there's a way out i don't think look well he keeps building the fence higher well oh yeah but that's a meme too <laughs> the, the wall just got two feet higher uh joe biden's son 
is now they're, they're announcing this. What is this that the, they've said that he's under criminal investigation or, or tax investigation? Taxes, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, there's there's so much there, and, and it's crazy that this story broke. Of course, it was an October surprise, and Twitter suppresses it, Facebook suppresses it, the the big news outlets won't cover it, and now we get this video. I don't know if you saw the video where there's a Chinese professor, uh, Di Dongsheng, where he basically said the Bidens are compromised. Yeah. And he was like, who do you think got Hunter Biden all that money? So I look at, you know, Donald Trump and I see the peace agreements that have come through in the past several months. I like it. I, he's trying to withdraw the troops from Afghanistan and he's being blocked by both Democrats and Republicans. I don't like the And my congressperson couldn't get behind that. So I understand that. And that's somebody with a nice big D behind her name. She couldn't support withdrawing from Afghanistan. Why? Just, she couldn't oh, even is, get is, behind reducing the Pentagon this budget is, this by is, 10%. This is Debbie yeah. Wasserman Schultz. Uh-huh. Oh, she's awful. She's she's Hillary Jr. That's what I'm saying. So, <laughs> you know, when people start looking at the, the letters, uh, I would urge yeah. them to look at the policy choices. I'm, I'm, I, I am actually fearful that a Joe Biden presidency is, yeah, he's hapless. Oh. But he's 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 going to sell us out like the the the, uh, the Obama administration. You're, you're familiar with the Trans-Pacific Partnership, I yeah, imagine. Of, yes, I know the TPP. You're, and I imagine you're opposed to it. Of course. But Joe Biden's going to bring us all back into that. Of stuff. course. But but I also think and I hope that he gets us back into the Iran deal, because for the same reasons that. I was applauding Trump in terms of when he was going into North Korea. And of course, the Democrats were all, you know, they were trying to, they attack him from the right all the time. It's infuriating. We'll see as the true left, because I'm the the left, we don't like that. So that's, you're attacking him for the sake of attacking him. You're attacking him on the few things that we might actually come to agreement on. And so I do like the idea of getting back into the Iran deal. Um, that is something that I support. So, you know, he in the similar way was going to undo everything Obama did. They're going to Tulsi Gabbard you. Call you right wing and all this stuff. They can, except for my policies speak to the complete left. But like they don't, I'm, they don't care. I'm, well, you know, is, I guess it depends on who you say or they. Who's they? The media establishment and the Democratic establishment. They ignore me anyway. The, the truth <laughs> is, and here's, you want to know if something ever was going to protect me, is that what benefits Debbie Wasserman Schultz best is if I'm completely ghosted. If my name comes up and I come up, then that's going to draw attention to that race, to that district, to her, and that never benefits her. So... I am more at risk of being completely ghosted than I am of being trashed. Luke once yelled at Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Yes, we asked her some very serious questions about Obama's kill list, which she told me face-to-face didn't exist. This, this was big news, though, because everyone knew it existed. Yeah. The New York Times said it existed. Yeah. Yeah. And Obama then, was signing off every Tuesday on who they were going to kill. And then she's like, that's, that's not a real thing. And everybody was like, whoa, yeah, she's and she, lying. And she was the head yeah. of the DNC. And she, of course, and people forget she had to resign in disgrace mm-hmm. from the DNC. Oh, then our district reelected her. Yes. And then <sighs> no, Hillary Clinton took, I don't think they did. took her under her claws right afterwards and, and <laughs> yeah. literally and literally brought claws her in. Claws with a W or AU. <laughs> I'm not even going to get in there. Brought her in and gave her a job right away. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, She's Deputy Washington Schultz isn't a fan of mine either, but, um, you know, there's a lot to learn from each other. But there, it's interesting to see this kind of duplicity. One side wants a peace deal with North Korea, but doesn't want, doesn't want one with Iran. The other side is completely the opposite. That's just because they're why, just trying to undo each other. Why can't yeah. we just have a peaceful, non-interventionist American foreign policy, which every president keeps promising us george w bush barack obama you know it's popular trump no it's popular it's the military industrial complex yeah. right 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 they're but, all beholden but they're why, all beholden why do they keep campaigning on it 
We're going to yeah. end these forever wars. Because yes. they know that that is what's popular. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Most well, people don't want to be in one. George W. Bush promised to be a non-interventionist president. Mm-hmm. So did Barack Obama. So did Donald Trump. Donald Trump, I mean, there's an argument to make here because he's quasi-globalist, quasi-nationalist. But He's the only one that hasn't started a war out of all those That's people. very true. For, and he broke the long-time cycle for decades now of starting a new war, which does have to be kind of looked at, even though he kind of came close to it with Iran. You're the perfect yeah. example of, uh, I think, why Trump supporters needed to do better outreach to the left, because there's probably there's there's a lot you've praised Trump for. I you know what? Trump's- I see him. No, because I don't just hate him because I hate him. All right. right. Like, I don't have that. Um, my I, look, I, I'm not a Republican. I don't generally support their policies. I don't support their platform. I'm about policy. Right. Yep. So their policies are not do not speak to me. Um, but I don't just slam him for just because to slam him. But he also did the same thing with the Obama stuff. He went and tried to just undo everything Obama did just to stick it to him. So what you're dealing with is a massive amount of man baby egos. Yeah. And now Biden's <laughs> going to do the same thing. But I was going to wonder. Uh, no, no, I, no, no, I really no. wanted Luke, to ask Luke, you really quickly. Luke, no. Joe Biden is going to be put in his wheelchair, wheeled into the sun, <laughs> with a blanket on his lap, whatever. and he's going to fall asleep. Kamala, the corporatist, corporatist globalist, whatever, yeah. he's the front man, he's the suit man. Yep. But I was going to ask you, what qualities of Donald Trump did you like? I like that he's anti-establishment. I like that he's not part of the machine. Now, he is part of his whole own machine. He is absolutely part of what I would consider to be the oligarchic class. He is definitely part of of that level of corporate establishment. He is definitely of the haves and not the have-nots. His interests are definitely not the same as the interests of the majority of people that I would say I would represent as a constituency. So he is not somebody that I would support. But the things that most people dislike about him generally don't bother me. I don't care about his mean tweets. I don't care about his ridiculous nonsense. But what that does do is it distracts people for the same reason we're talking about the wrestling thing. And there are people that don't see it as hyperbolic. And that right, right, right. Yeah. And they weren't I, talking about real issues. They were talking about ice cream, toilet paper, Russia Gate. Yeah, Meanwhile, steak. distracting they were, they, us from the real, actual issues, the banksters, the the, the, the you, corporatism. None of that was discussed at all. You could have legitimately had some real criticism against Donald Trump, but yes. you never had that at all. No, my issues with him yeah. are policy based, and um, when he's done things that I haven't found objectionable, I've always been pretty vocal about. Like I don't, I've never yeah. pretended that you know I hate, uh, I don't hate him, and that has actually gotten me a lot of crap. That's okay, right? Crap. Yeah. <laughs> no, that yeah. has gotten me a lot from the the left that you're speaking of and the establishment and specifically in our district. Yeah. I you know, because I don't hate him enough. Yeah. You know what I, you know what I've I've noticed a lot of the um a lot of the leftists, like the non woke ones, refer to the woke left as the neo libs. Yeah. Neoliberals. Yeah. And then on the right, they just say the left or leftists. And I'd like for people to understand there is a big difference. We're, like I feel like as somebody who's the actual left, I we are fighting a war on two fronts. Right. Like we're fighting and we actually spend more time fighting our own people. We don't have to fight Republicans. Yeah. We can't get past our own selves. And so the people that are the actual and we're constantly being viewed by people like you're probably a lot of your audience as the same. No, and no. we're not the same. Right. Like to, to it's an, very to, nuanced to an extent. I would say mm-hmm. yes. But I think Trump, a lot of Trump's voters really like the anti-woke, anti-establishment left, you know, people like yeah. Jimmy Dore, for instance, yeah. or people like you, actually. So if you if you come out and say, before I start this conversation, I want to say two things. And, I, and I'm not saying this literally. I'm just saying this figuratively. Yeah. I'm on the left, but I think Hillary Clinton is completely despicable. Oh, yeah. They're going to be like, OK, OK, let's have a conversation. Yeah. Like, we can start from there, right? Yeah. We, well, we no. agree on the establishment being awful. Yeah, well, because what we're talking about now is you're talking about literal politics. And yeah. that's that's a circus to me. Okay, I'm concerned about policy. This is the, this is the kind of conversation I think is the biggest threat to the establishment. Yeah. 
that they don't want us all being friends. Right. Oh, the, I it's, know. It's so it's, it's really funny when I see, you know, Jimmy Dore, who's very left on a lot of yeah. issues. He, he was tweeting about Medicare for all and things like that. And the criticisms he has of the Democrats, same as me, same as probably everybody in this room. Yeah. And that's bad for the machine. I think Trump ran as a Republican because it was his path to, to entry, same as many progressives run as Democrats as their path to entry. But Trump does not function the same way the establishment machine did. It was Democrats and Republicans. They were the same thing. Trump got in and he put a boot to the behind of many of these people. And so you saw the never Trumpers flee to the Democratic Party. All of a sudden now we have these. Which life- isn't a stretch, though. And, I, and that's right, the right, thing right. that we need to be very clear on because it's the, the Democratic party. party is basically very moderate. They're the same thing. Yeah, they are. Like they, 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 they're they corporate. I, I think they pretend to have issues they care about. They'll tell you, oh, you're a Republican. I'm pro-life just like you. And then they'll sell you out at a moment's notice. The Democrats will tell you they're for your policy and then ignore you as soon as they get elected. Yeah. So Trump gets in and it's, it's amazing to see the Lincoln Project, right? These Republicans <sighs> all of a sudden supporting Democrat candidates. And I'm like, you're not Republicans. You're not conservatives. You're not, you're just, they're, they're, I call them the keys to the castle uh, de- uh, Democrats or keys to the castle politicians. Give me the keys. I'll say whatever you want to say. And then I'm going to go inside, lock the door and just take the money and do whatever I want. And that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's where we're at for the most part. Corporatists. That's yeah. what they all are. That's what they all have. In com- that's the common denominator. They all work for the same employer. If you were to follow the money trail from all of these people, and while Trump has not been a traditional Republican, he has towed that line too. He has definitely fallen in line with what I, what I refer to as what I call the deep state. You know, he, you think, you think he I, has? I think that he has not pulled us out of the wars that he has said he was going to pull us out of. Why? Well, well hold on, hold on. You know that. Uh, and US I mean, a- continuously, like he first started with the we're going to get out of Syria. And then that never happened. But you know, that was because he was lied to. There was a uh, so uh, this is a story that came out from Defense One. A federal official bragged about lying to the to Trump and the U- and, and the American people about how many troops we had in Syria in order to inflate the number so Trump couldn't pull him out. Okay, so let me then just say this. The buck stops with him. So whatever the reason is that led him to where he is, that's where we are, right? So he's had He did hire years. Bolton. He hired John Bolton. I, I rag on that all the that, time. That, that's... And, but you know, not like Pompeo's much, like Gina Haspel. I mean, these mm. are not well, he's trying people. to fire her. <laughs> how many people After did he kill? That's true. Drone, that's true. In his escalated drone war, how many people did? We don't know Trump? because they stopped the reporting. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So no new wars, but he killed countless Correct. people with drones. Well, exactly. the, the Trump administration that's a drone stopped war. the accountability and the counting of the drone. Oh, shirts, well, that's so we even don't worse. Know. But, so but, he did get uh, us in my, a new war. It was a drone war. No, no, he no. Just escalated. Well, he escalated the drone war. Yes, but my understanding is that was that was under Bolton. That was under Trump. No, no, no. That was so when he hired Bolton. Yeah. Bolton was like, "We're gonna blow everything." Yeah, up. but and again, then, buck stops where. It's true. No, Trump hired a bunch of dumb people, and he and he's come to regret oh, yeah. it. Yeah. Now Bolton's throwing him under the bus. Yeah, yeah I, I hear it from a lot of Trump supporters who have said, "Trump, who, who was it who said this? Trump should have done the one thing he's famous for: fire, fire. people." <laughs> he didn't he, do it. Well, and so that to me was him basically paying homage to the military-industrial complex and the establishment. And that is a set. Look, he's had three years. He, and but I will tell you this. I had a very big moment where I actually turned to my television while he was speaking by myself. And I said, thank you, sir, for your good candor. Because he actually made a comment as to we were in Syria for the oil. Yes. yes. And no. I yes. remember he said it in like <laughs> mid-sentence. I turned around and I'm like, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that. But, but I kind of feel like, he, you know, Trump tried to remove all of our troops out of Syria. And Democrats and Republicans revolted. 
He tried to remove all of our troops in Afghanistan and Democrats and Republicans blocked him. Yes. So I kind of felt like when he said he said two things. He's coming out of the White House. There's a helicopter, you know, noise. And they're like, you know, how's it going? And he goes, we got a really great deal. We're going to sell Saudi Arabia tons of weapons, make billions of he dollars. Had yeah. He had pictures. Yes. Oh yeah. He Remember had, that? He had pictures oh of the, what, the, air, of the all, all of the anti-war progressives jaws dropped. And they're like, he just said it. I was so pleased. I know. I was laughing. I I was was clapping for it. I was so pleased. Um, Well, I mean, I thought the pictures was the the (laughs) AVAs was a little (laughs) over the top, a little bit. But like, well, it was sort of like how a little kid would draw, demonstrate. This is what we're doing. I feel like he's doing it on purpose because. So when when he said that we're keeping two hundred troops in Syria, they're guarding the oil. It's great. I was so pleased. But they blocked him and they lied to him. I I I wonder if Trump was like, all right. I'm going to tell everybody exactly why we had to keep these troops in here because he wants to get them out. See, I think that the, any president that actually really does go to do that, I don't think makes it. Yeah. Oh, and that's yeah. and that's just see, I think that anybody that were to really threaten the existence of our military industrial complex wouldn't wouldn't live. That's just me. I mean, I just and the only president that I know of no. that has done that got got dead. The huh. problem is they yeah. live at the White House, right in the belly of the beast. They'd have to go to Russia under the protection of some foreign country. If then they, they were, were going to defy the, the yeah. CIA. But then someone would step in and say, "Aha, he fled. He's illegitimate. Yeah, we're taking you, control." It's still the only way to survive if you're going to go against the CIA. I think I think Trump was really naive when he first uh, got elected. He well, he assumed that he was in charge and he was going to be able to play ball with these establishment crony individuals. And they cut, they, they, they put so many knives in that man's back. Yeah. He didn't, you know, he, but he, that's the nature of the game. That's that job. Yeah. He wasn't expecting to win. I mean, I don't think he really wanted that job. I think he was doing it because I they disagree. basically I, threatened him that you can't do it. And he's like, I'm going to show you. Yeah. But I, I would say one of the most important things that Trump did when he did first go into office is he stopped arming the rebels inside of Syria, whether it was yeah. ISIS, al-Nusra, al-Qaeda, we do have to give him credit for that because Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton, they were running the same protocol that they ran in Libya. Yeah. Overturn, uh, you know, give all the jihadis as much money, as much weapons as we can. Let's overthrow the government. Donald Trump stopped that. He did have a limited recent withdrawal of Afghanistan and Somalia, but again, very limited. But we have to look at this at the greater context if of American geopolitics with Saudis. Saudi Arabia, especially <clears throat> with the Saudi-U.S. coalition conducting their warfare on Yemen right now, which is literally creating the worst humanitarian crisis in the world. See, I it, can it, tell it, you something. He could yeah. do two things that would get me to sing his praises and, and actually be like a real supporter. Okay, right? He could stop arming the Saudis, right? Yeah. He could stop. He could do that. And he can pardon Julian Assange. There you go. He definitely needs to pardon. I think he's going to pardon Assange. I, I hope You so. know what? He that could to. be his legacy. Honestly, if he did that, I, you know, on the one hand, I think he could. But then on the other hand, I'm like, but what's in it for him? Yeah. Well, a lot of people. Well, well let's 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 do this story. Let's let's read this one. This is from just the other day. Check this out. Trump plots mass pardons, <laughs> even to people not asking. OK, Axios, Axios reports President Trump isn't just accepting pardon requests, but blindly discussing them, quote, like Christmas gifts to people who haven't even asked sources with direct knowledge of the conversation told Axios. Now, I don't know who their sources are, nor do I trust them for the most part. But let's keep reading. Behind the scenes, Trump recently told one advisor he was going to pardon every person who ever talked to me, suggesting an even larger pardon blitz to come. As with most Trump conversations, the advisor wasn't sure how seriously to take the president, although Trump gave no indication he was joking. The president relishes his unilateral authority to issue get-out-of-jail-free cards lately. Lately, though, he's been soliciting recipients, asking friends and advisors who they think he should pardon, Julian Assange. Trump has also interrupted conversations to spontaneously suggest 
that he uh, uh, that he add the person he's speaking with to his pardon <laughs> <What>? list. <laughs> the offers haven't always been welcome. One source felt awkward because the president was clearly trying to be helpful, but the advisor didn't believe they'd committed any crimes. <laughs> the advisor also believed being on the list could hurt their public persona. Oh my gosh. The White House declined to comment. Trump argues the preemptive pardons may be necessary because the Biden administration will target oh, his okay. former aides, the sources say. President-elect Biden has said he doesn't want to pursue the Trump team, and he has vowed an apolitical Justice Department. As Axios first reported, Trump's decision to pardon Michael Flynn set the template for a wave of pardons to friends and loyalists. One senior administration official said the practice has since expanded, with pardons being discussed like Christmas gifts. The White House pardon system doesn't entirely consist of the president's freewheeling offers. White House attorneys are working through a more traditional process, even if it doesn't cover every person Trump has discussed. <laughs> a source familiar with the process says... I'll tell you what, I want Trump to pardon almost everybody. Yeah. Nonviolent drug offenders. Yes. We need to review because uh, people in the in the chat made a really, really good point when we first asked this. There could be people who are violent, who pled down, pleaded down to like lesser charges. Yes. So there could That's be like true. a murder, you know. So uh, but nonviolent drug offenses, Trump should just be like, give me a, a rubber stamp and I will just go boom, 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 yeah. boom. Julian Assange, of course, I think um, my, my view on Julian Assange's pardon, 100 percent do it. My view on Edward Snowden's pardon is like 55%. Well, you know, like, and I can sit here and we can debate about Snowden, but he's, his life is not in jeopardy right now. He's not somebody that I spend time, I don't worry like at night about Edward Snowden. He's in a decent place, like physically, you know, whatever. And Assange is. He's, he's in serious trouble. I, it's, you know what, how do we, like, I almost feel like I want, I wish I could like reach out to Tucker Carlson and be like, please tell Trump to pardon Julian Assange. Like, how do we get Trump to think that not only it's my idea, it's my brilliant idea, but that it is the best way to stick it to the establishment Dems because it is. Well, it's difficult because there are some fingerprints highlighting how Donald Trump is partly responsible for putting Assange in the position that he is in now, especially with the supposed deal that everyone's Uh, talking about as well. But I say pardon Assange, pardon Snowden, pardon Ross Ulbricht. I can mention a whole bunch of other people I say pardon because this leaves the next incoming presidency in a very peculiar spot. If I was Donald Trump right now, you have an amazing opportunity. Bring all the truth home, declassify all the horrible <laughs> government studies that they, they conducted on our population, the JFK files. He's yeah. been promising to release the JFK files for a very long time, and he still hasn't been able to release but that's JFK files for over 60 years he keeps, ago. He keeps getting blocked. Okay, but I mean, you he, have he, to realize at some point you're a little bit of an apologist for him. Little well, bit. I, I, I don't think the president is powerful as people think he is. No, he's definitely not. And we have seen that we've seen a resurgence of executive authority in the past two administrations more so than we should be seeing, because quite honestly, the entire authorization for use of military yes. force shouldn't even yep. exist. Yep. So he he's still in more of a power position than I think that people know. But yet, yeah, no, he's still accountable to the same people that everyone's accountable to. But this is the argument. But then don't talk big. Then don't don't. Talk it if you can't walk it. There's been a lot of people sabotaging him. And if you look at all the leaks that come out of the White House within his his right-hand person or left-hand person, it's just a slurry of weeks. The mainstream media wouldn't be as popular if it wasn't for the Trump administration. So we have to understand there is also some internal pressure that's preventing him from doing a lot of this stuff. So both could be true. But I think whether whatever politician it is, we always need more scrutiny. We always need to push them. We never need to idolize them. We always need to criticize them, no matter who they are. So I agree with you on that. no, I, I think in in regards to the apologist thing, I think there's so much that Trump could have done if it weren't for the machine that was blocking him at every turn. But wouldn't you say that about Obama? Wouldn't you say that no. about? But it's it's when you have whoever the president is seems to always be facing an uphill battle with the other 
um, branches, and that's by design but, because oh, they but, don't want to do anything. So, so the biggest issues with Trump are he's of bad moral character for the most part. That's like the biggest complaints I guess people have. Yeah. Uh, you can disagree with some of his policy, policy positions for sure, but Obama got us involved in new wars. Oh, no. Which don't, he, please. He, I regret that. I can't even begin to tell you. Trump, I am not singing praises of the Trump. Establishment drone war, yeah, the establishment and, and yeah. mainstream media loved Obama. Compare the treatment of how the media is treating Absolutely. Obama to Trump. Here, I'll tell you because what, I'll the media is very neolib. That's just the way it is. Yeah. They just are who they are. You know, George W. Bush, I thought was awful. Barack Obama, I was super excited for, voted for, and Same. then immediately got angry and didn't yeah. vote again. And Hillary Clinton, I laughed, and I didn't want to vote for Trump because I'm like, it's all the same. And now I see Trump is, he made a ton of mistakes in his first few years. Huh. He hired a bunch of really bad people. He should have fired a ton of people. And boy, did he walk face first like Sideshow Bob into a bunch of rakes with like, you know, sessions with, you know, not firing Comey soon enough and then getting special prosecutors. There's a whole bunch of things, you know, in the mix that, you know, I don't want to bring up in, in heavy nuance. But Trump made a ton of mistakes. He did not realize what this machine was. And I think he, he thought he'd be the boss. But I look, I, you know, the, the president is constrained. It's a political game. And, you know, you've got to navigate that properly. But I think, I think Donald Trump's a populist. I, um, think, I think he wants to be a populist. I think he campaigned as a populist. But I think that this, he is, the, to me, a very good example of exactly what you were just saying, where he expected to be the boss. Yep. This is the problem when you take somebody who's a business person and just think that they're automatically going to translate into the political arena. It doesn't yep. work. Yeah. Um, and, and you can't have it my way or the highway. And as we've seen, he hasn't been, be, been able to be effective that way. But he is not the kind of person, I think, that is going to have enough self-reflection to look at that and be like, what could I do differently? Like, where could I make better choices? He's not. He's a blamer. And I'm not saying the other side doesn't do it, too, because they do. I mean, but that's ultimately what this comes down to is he is a very big ego and very thin skin. I agree. And I that's a not a good position to be in as somebody in politics. And that's he, very he, easy to manipulate if you're a special power. Yes. So. He, he could have quickly pivoted and, and corrected a bunch of these errors yeah. very early on. And he didn't. Well, let me be clear, though, that I hold Barack Obama accountable for a lot of these things because had he done his job. People like Gina Haspel would be in prison yeah. and and they wouldn't be able to and, and Bolton. Yes. And so you you have a lot of people that wouldn't have been able to do the damage that they did. But but afterwards. Barama, uh, Barack Obama, Barama, Barack, Barama, <laughs> drone bomber, drone, drone bomber, Obama. He's part of the machine. Oh, yeah. So I, I, yeah. I don't I don't he, I don't think he wanted to do. No, you know. but but again, even let's say that he did. Let's say that he said, I'm going to do that. I'm going to stand up to, you know, what is essentially the military complex, because that's what you really have to stand up to. He can't do that any more than Trump can do that. Yeah. And that's what we're looking at. We're looking at, to some extent, it's really a figurehead position and you don't have as much power as you would like, but you have just enough so that you get blamed for all your incompetence. That's the whole nature of being president. What if Trump just like literally pardoned everybody? At the federal level, because you can't. It would be massive. Whether or not it would, you know, salvage him in terms of like his name and history, I don't know. It would for me. If, yeah. Honestly, I'm telling you, the two things that could if he if he stopped playing in the sandbox of Saudi Arabia, um, and or pardoned Julian Assange, that would that would be huge for me. Like that you know, would be look, a deal changer for me. I I uh, had been saying earlier in the year that. Uh, like in January before COVID, like I wasn't going to vote for him. I don't care. Yeah. Like that's not, that's not my, my tribe. I'm not a tribalism, but the, the COVID lockdown stuff has been draconian and insane. It's, it's been transferring. It's the biggest transfer of wealth from working class <laughs> people to the elites, the establishment, to the big corporations. Yeah. That's insane. And, and yeah. it's, and, and you get the establishment. What do you, what do you call these people? Like, you know, 
I, I, I call them the Democrats, I guess. Well, see, no, no, no. I need to know exactly who you're talking about, and then I can give I know, you the tough. exact terminology so, of like, who we're speaking about. The, the people who work at the New York Times who are like, we must lock everything down, and they're ultra-woke. Oh, neoliberal drones. Those are, <laughs> or tools. I mean, those are tools. That's not... Neolib. The, yeah, neolibs. But see, that's what people really need to understand. That is not the left. The Democrats are not the left. That's not the left. The Democrats at best are centrists at best. I think, I think, you know, what really, you know, just confused me is why leftists were so anti-Trump when I understand you can not like Trump, but he's anti-establishment. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's, I, Again, I, which I, leftist? Like, I have never been anti-Trump. Again, for me, it's all policy. It's yeah. all policy. So it's never been anything like that. And I am not the only one. There are others like me. We're out there. Um, the establishment doesn't like him because he offends their sensibilities. Um, I don't care about that. I don't care who he makes fun of. I don't care what he says. I don't care who he sleeps with. I don't care what his children do. I really don't. Like This doesn't concern me. What concerns me is his policy. Yeah. And the policies of the Republican Party do not appeal to me. That's just that they just don't. They're, they don't have populist policies, even though he intended that. Yeah, the the Republican Party, I've never been a fan of. I, well, think, I, think, yeah. Trump, I think Trump's very different. I mean, Trump supporters use a lion instead of an elephant. But I think Trump thought, That's funny. So do the progressives. There's a lion? Yeah. In wow. fact, our, our progressive caucus in Broward County, our symbol is a lion. Really? Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of wondered if Biden would actually end up being the great un- uniter. Because, By default? Because everyone hates him. Well, he's just... <laughs> Except you know, for the neolibs. He, yeah. He's, they are a small group. Unfortunately, they're loud. And they have the media. Yes. Other than Fox. I mean, you know, but really, other than Fox, you've got <laughs> a whole bunch of neolib. Well, let's talk, uh, let's talk censorship in that capacity. Sure. So uh, many of you probably heard YouTube is now going to remove any new videos alleging Trump lost the election because of fraud. Now, CNET says fraud, but I actually spoke with YouTube and got some clarification. The general idea is YouTube has said starting today, if you claim that Trump lost the election and you have to come. So oh, actually, let me start over. There are two criteria you have to meet in order to have your videos deleted. You must first claim that there was widespread fraud. Then you must claim it resulted in Donald Trump losing the election. You can say there's widespread fraud. You can say the election was stolen from Trump. You can't combine these things, which is like the weirdest non Okay, but did you just do that by explaining it? Yeah, I'm curious. No. Well, now. technically. No, but okay, they could pull out of context and then be like, look, he said it. Well, he said those words. that's the thing. I mean. Tim's the guy they want to explain it to people. Yeah. I guess. Really? Well, I, they called me. And they were like, they, Google actually called me and said, we want to explain to you what this means. And they're probably hoping that I will then convey and uh, you're not going to get a guideline strike. So if you say it, they'll just quietly remove the video. On January 21st, they will give you a guideline strike if you claim it. And they're claiming, they're like, we have a longstanding policy on historical elections that you can't claim that fraud changed the results. Therefore, mm. it applies to this election. And I'm like, this, that makes yeah. no sense. How could what? they have a longstanding policy? Ooh. They haven't existed that long. Yeah. Or, or not even that. Like, what am I going to do? Like, Abraham Lincoln didn't really win and like pound the table. Like, what? Yeah. What about the last election when, you know, the establishment was shilling <laughs> yeah. that it was, that was a fraud was... and then CNN was always put in the algorithm to be first, no matter what you searched regarding the election, yeah. talking about how this was not a legitimate election. It was Russian collusion. Trump was a Russian asset. And all of that was bunk. All of that was a distraction. That was my first all question. Of that was crap. I was like, yeah. can I still say that the Russians hacked the election and Hillary Clinton only lost because of Russian interference? And they're like, well, <laughs> yeah. no, I don't think so. And I'm like, well, I just searched it on YouTube and there's dozens of mainstream yeah. media, you know, outlets saying just that. Yeah. If they take down CNN for, for, for violating their policy, all, yes, it's fair. It's the it. right well, thing well, to do. They, they did take down a Senate, uh, uh, Rand Paul speaking on the Senate floor. Oh, yeah. 
Did you know about this? No. Rand yeah. Paul, so don't say his name. He anybody. mentioned a name that he wasn't supposed there's to. There's a name that if I say, this live stream will be taken off the okay, air. Okay, so we won't say it. And right. there's no reason for it. Is there sign language? <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Rand Paul was talking about this individual. Okay. And YouTube deleted C SPAN, the video from C SPAN of Rand Paul on the Senate floor talking about what was going on in our government and why it was relevant. Have no bias. This is the kind of stuff that should be keeping people up at night. And yet, yeah. nobody, like, the, the, that's the whole thing. I mean, we, we, we touched on Assange, but the censorship thing freaks me out. It's so a big problem. Maybe if come, you know, I, I, we, we talk about these 17 states and, you know, Trump and they're suing. Maybe if it does end up being Biden as president, then Trump supporters are, when the fight is not about Trump anymore, then the, as you describe it, the real left, the populist yeah. left, I suppose, and populist right, will be mostly in agreement about the censorship being bad. I hope so. Look, I mean, the, and, I've always said they're trying dead. to keep us apart. That's <laughs> the whole point of what they're doing. If the populist left and the populist right or the whites and the blacks that were labor class and everybody got together and realized that it really is, there's only two groups of people. And if you're not in charge, you're in the second group. Okay? It's a big club and you ain't you in it. Exactly. It's the same club they used to beat you over the head with. That's <laughs> exactly. George Carlin. It is. And it's, and it's true. So like they don't want that. They love these labels. They love the infighting. They want to have you guys having audience that hates the left. They want the left complaining about Trump and the right. And they just want everybody fighting. But the reality is is they're all just feeding their own wallets that's all this does you know, but there, there, there there's a problem with uh people on the left who make careers off of drama channels targeting the other targeting you know and, and the people on the right who do the same thing yeah so yeah i mean what what do you do to get past that we the, the, do it, this like this i know this, this is, cool. is it this yeah. is what we do like people say that to me all the time like what do you do for this i'm like we're doing it but right? but look there's there's a bunch of uh we've, we've had several people on the show who are i guess you call them leftists or whatever and I mean, many of uh, we we had Destiny. I know you're familiar with Destiny. Yeah, he's super woke, and yeah. and and he was adamantly defending critical theory and things like that. And I completely disagree with that. Yeah, I think we had a good conversation. I think a lot of people don't like him because yeah. they thought that he was, uh, um, what's the right word? I guess uh, disingenuous. No, 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 no. Um, arrogant, kind mm -hmm. of like yeah. snooty Dismissive. to people. I didn't. I I I don't. I don't. You know, like I you're talking about critical race theory, like his like the thoughts on that. So yeah, we had we 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 briefly discussed discussed critical race theory before the show started, and he's very much in favor of it. Yeah, but he says he's on the left. Well, the left called the, the DSA called him a Nazi recently. So huh. every you mentioned the left fighting themselves. Well, no, You're we eat our correct. own. We eat our own. I can't, you know, and and and, but I do believe that that's all by design because you're you're the people that are say like your establishment people your speaker of the house type people if you will not mentioning any names right <laughs> right so <laughs> those those people that you call the left they want us fighting they love trump in charge they like all of that it serves their corporate donors and it keeps them from having to do anything i call it mick resistance <laughs> that's great and that's it. what they are and so they don't like me yeah. any more than they like him because I am an impediment to what they're doing, which is feeding their coffers. Good. I don't I want think that. I, there, there are a lot of people that won't come on this show out of, I, I, I you know what? I'm not going to speculate as to what their opinions are, but I, I think they're scared. I don't understand that. What's the deal? Like, you're not somebody that I think of as like a real right wing figure. Like, what is the deal with that? Uh, no idea. COVID. You're not that scary. It's crazy. Oh. I'm like one of the most like lukewarmest people on in political commentary. Except for Luke. Well, once you once you come out supporting Trump, then you get marked, and that's really what it but is. That was if you like had a month, two months ago, yeah, but that that's was... what. But that's the kind of thing that brings attention from the left. I, I can't speak as to what what that was prior to that, but that's what would draw the ire. They from the woke. There was this individual who made this study, 
And they're using it today to claim that YouTube is radicalizing people to the far right. It's not true because it's been debunked numerous times. There is there is nuance to this, this argument. But this woman created this report where it was a spider web of all these channels that were like interconnected. Yeah. And then I was right in the middle. That's interesting, right? And it's like... This but that's re- cool. That means you're you're what I call a bridge. I'm the this and and it was funny because someone actually wrote. Uh, I think Media Matters was was like smearing me, and they said he was found to be at the cent- the center of a massive network of right wing radicalization. <laughs> <laughs> like, and oh. what yes, is it? Yes. What is your mission? What are you radicalizing people to do? S- milk toast centrism. Read the news. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, that's what I always say. Like, so what's your motive? What are you like people who because that's a fear based comment. You're radicalizing yeah. like. To do what? Like, what are you? I always try to pin, pinpoint people, get them to really say what it is they're scared of, because it's all fear. Okay, yeah. so let's assume you are doing that. Okay, to to what end? Like, what's your what's the end game for you? That well, for me? No, like, I mean like <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean like that. Not like, actually. but you accuse somebody of being like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. so so it's it's just this. They want you incendiary to hate. language, yep. right? But based on what result? Like, what they are you worried about? They don't want people watching shows like this. Where we can have someone like you on, right? Rag on Hillary Clinton, yeah. Oh, well, I can and then people are like, yeah. And right? all, and the truth is, the people <laughs> that will be on me for that, they already hate me anyway. Yeah. Once you have an open mind, once you stop toting the establishment line, you are a threat to them. Correct. And this is important to point out here because anyone who's willing to have a conversation, anyone who's willing to to discuss different ideas, that's not what they want. They right. want regurgitators. They want repeaters. They want good little prestitutes that will say whatever the establishment wants to say. <laughs> the horse stream media is a big horse system <laughs> that benefits off of people's ignorance. A lot of elites, a lot of powerful people make a lot of money, get a lot of power from the ignorance of other They're, individuals. Look, and if you fight that with open-mindedness, they will go after yeah. you like like you don't know what's going on here. And, and the, going back to this topic of censorship, this is important. The way to progress a society... The way to move us forward is through an open and honest dialogue. They are denying that to us on so many different levels. And for them to force this kind of idea and saying, you know, as there's court cases, we don't still know if there was actual fraud or not. We're still finding out through the court proceedings. For them to declare now, we're just going to take you out, is absolutely disingenuous and horrible and propels the larger, bigger problem that people are are pointing out to. And again, it affected me a couple years ago when, when I noticed my videos were just being deleted. I remember waking up and I'm like, oh, there's five videos missing. I don't even know which ones. I wasn't even notified. So it's frogs boiling. Yeah. yeah we're, we're frogs in a pot, the water temperatures. Yeah. So the reason why they waited till the eighth was to create some kind of cover. Okay, safe harbor. Now we can justify the censorship. And then, you know, come the 14th, they'll probably do some policy increases behind the scenes. And then on January 20th, they're going to start giving guideline strikes if you dare say something may have happened. Do you ever wonder if this has been happening all the way along? Like, oh, we're think, noticing it, it more now because it's so, like, I think controversial. Yeah, I was telling people I in too. 2008, as soon as Google gobbled up YouTube, I'm like, yeah. watch out, guys. They're going to suppress free speech. I, I mean, Because this, this was a power, a power of individuals being able to talk to each other and resolve yeah. our problems, r- resolve our differences, and to understand we're all human and not to be dependent on the system. That's a huge threat against the establishment. And you didn't need to see the writings on the wall to see that a threat against the powerful is something that they're slowly going to make sure doesn't exist. And now they're so sucking the holy life out of it as much as they can. You know what we started seeing is these companies that hire people to run multiple fake accounts to attack and antagonize. And you'll go on Reddit and you'll see the comments and all they do is have these generic smears against the other. But but I'll tell you, I think there are a lot of conservatives that made careers off of attacking the left. Yeah. So it's both ways. It's both ways. And then they and well, the left, it's just a matter of they'll call names like, well, you're a Russian troll. 
But yeah, isn't, but then wouldn't anything by design be that goes online to cause like to wreak havoc and to like sway opinion be equally as I mean, it, it's it's all the same thing. Like what? Do, I mean, any group could conceivably do that to influence yeah. opinion or even have money put behind that opinion. So once you have that kind of influence to try to police that is sort of ridiculous. You know, what I, I'm really what really annoyed me recently was uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez released a bunch of shirts and they're expensive. Yes. Really? She has like a like a you mean like a fashion line? A clothing line. Yeah. Like really? like like populist left like you know shop shirts or and there's yeah, eat the rich for fifty eight bucks. But so t shirts. They're t shirts as well. Like t shirts and sweaters. Okay. But uh her response was they're made in America, so they're more expensive. And the, she got a, she got criticized heavily by the right for making shirts that that poor people couldn't afford. And well, I'm more like, importantly, where does the money go? I mean, probably to her campaign or something. Well, no, I mean, it could go to a foundation. It could go to her. It could go. It, look, and that's really where it would come to, to me. Like, I'm an end result person. So is she making money and giving it to people that need money? Well, then that's a good thing. Then I really don't care because a, a AOC sweater is not an essential that every person should be entitled to have. So I, I, I don't really care. I just don't think it's worth talking about. No. So, so like, the reason I bring it up is that, like, why are, why are people, uh, and I'm not, I'm not trying to single out conservatives for criticizing the left, because the left does it all the time to the yeah. right. There are people who make videos about me because they make money. But they're clearly out of context manipulations because it just generates traffic. And I wonder why it is why so many people, instead of talking about ideas and policy and, look, I got no problem talking about Ocasio-Cortez in terms of the Green New Deal and my disagreements with specific provisions and things like that. But people love to just make e-drama you know, yeah. this person is ugly and they sold a stupid shirt. And well, that person is a Nazi. And that's it's 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 money for people. But it diminishes their credibility because it's not there. These are not valid arguments. It's the same thing about the left critiquing Trump for nasty tweets. If you want to come with a criticism, it should have substance to it. So there are definitely things that one would want to criticize AOC. I generally don't. But um, yet her selling shirts would oh, not so even it wouldn't make my list. Right, right, right. There's just so much that like that that I see. Actually, that's a big weakness. The right needs to to get past too. I and, and, and well, it's well petty. the right and the left should absolutely. It's petty. It's boring. They're they're a it bunch of lefty YouTubers, and I see the stuff they produce, and I see how they like they hit a wall and they can't grow their channels. And I'm like, bro, you make videos talking about YouTubers criticizing this guy for being right wing or whatever, and then making fun of him. Make content about politicians. Criticize the yeah. politicians you don't like and the policies they're enacting. Stop wasting your time on you know e drama stuff like that. We need to actually, you, I think everybody on YouTube, we might disagree on hard policy uh, in many ways, but I think most of the people on YouTube disagree with the establishment and, and, and this crony machine that has kept out actual leaders. Yeah. How many, how many, like, how, let me ask you your opinion. Cause if you told, if you asked me how many people in Congress do I think, um, actually rep rep represent the people, I'd probably say like three, maybe. Um, how many do you think? Definitely less than 10. Uh, I, I don't know the exact number. I will tell you this is interesting, though, because the Progressive Caucus has like over 100 members in it in Congress, right? And it turns out you pay to be in the Progressive Caucus. So it's like $4,000 or whatever it is. And so there is an inordinate amount of people then that I'm, I'm curious that I would love to ask them. So I see that you consider yourself a progressive. How come you've never called Medicare for all for a floor vote? Like, where have you been on that? Why are you not doing that? Are you, I guess you're not really progressive. You just paid to be called one. So, <laughs> so the amount of actual people, I mean, and I could, like, my favorite person is Katie Porter. I'm a Katie Porter fan. Um, nobody sticks it to the, the corporate criminals as the way she does, but I don't know, handful. Maybe handful of people that are legitimately representing constituents and not corporate donors. I like Rand I Paul. I say zero. Rand Paul. 
Debatable. You know I don't I like am? politicians. You heard I, me describe I, I know, politicians. I know, I know. Politicians are big buttockses. All of them are filled with certain stuff. Some <laughs> are filled with less. Some are filled with more. Let's just be honest. Even here. us as citizens, Ron we're Paul? all like we're all sucking on this program that where the Federal Reserve's giving us fiat currency. We're getting we have their slave labor overseas that make our iPhones like. Our, our chocolate comes from like child slaves, human trafficking. We're in this system and we complain about it. Some of us do, rightfully so, but we're still part of it. These, these clothing were built in like factories in China. Well, people are trying to change that. I mean, I, I think, you know, there's been a big movement, especially with Trump for make, made in America and not just Trump too, because AOC mentioned her shirts are made in America as well. Which brings us to the TPP. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the multinational corporation takeover of the world, which leads in perfectly to our next article. Well, Which you want to talk about right Pope behind Francis? There. Yes, yes. I've been. Di- are you going right. to say mean things about the Pope? Me, no. No. Okay. He might. There's a lot of mean things to say, but let's stay away from that and let's just let's, but just, let's stay just consider to, how low the bar is. For exactly. Him. Yeah, let's fair. stay true to the observations and to the evidence provided before my, us, my, and then let the people decide themselves what they want to think. That's been my kind my of my understanding is that Pope Francis is a, is a pretty cool dude. He chose he the name cool. Francis, which was really? really exciting to me. I'm a fan. It's funny. I'm a Jew. I'm not really a practicing Jew, but I, I've always affiliated amongst Catholics. I don't know. I went to a Catholic law school. I worked at a Catholic hospital, <laughs> and I love St. Francis. And I actually have a St. Francis in my house. It took me forever to find one without a I cross on it. I worked at St. Francis Hospital. Did you? I yeah. was in Indianapolis. I worked oh, at a St. Nice. Francis Hospital. So like, I've always liked St. Francis, and he is the first pope to pick that name. Wow. And I well, think that's really interesting, and it's very humbling to, of a name. I don't well, like him. He's just, uh, he's just joined the Great Reset Movement. I hear you. Uh, Quartz reports Pope Francis is backing a new movement to redefine capitalism as a force for good. First of all, I think, depending on your definition of capitalism in the traditional sense, it's been a force for good. I certainly think yes. there's, there's an issue with major corporations extracting value and providing nothing in return. But— I think, uh, you know, capitalism as a system has lifted, as a system has lifted more people out of poverty than anything else. I think it's interesting the way they're framing it. Well, let's read. Court says capitalism has been condemned for many of the world's evils from massive income inequality to climate change. But self-interest wasn't the core idea of the economic system first codified by Adam Smith in the 18th century. Avarice became coupled with capitalism in the 1980s, fueled largely by Nobel Prize winning economist Milton Friedman's theory that the singular goal of business is to maximize profits for shareholders. In short, it was the argument that greed is good. Now a a new global alliance with Pope Francis as its moral leader is pushing to rescue the heart of capitalism and reorient it as a force for social good. The founding members of the Coalition for Inclusive Capitalism with the Vatican comprises large corporations like the Bank of like like Bank of America, BP, Estee Lauder, EY, Johnson and Johnson, MasterCard, Merck, Salesforce and Visa. It also includes grant giving bodies like the Ford Foundation, the Rockefeller Foundation, government bodies and the International Trade Union Confederation, the world's largest workers rights unions. Yes, uh, I'm sorry, the world's largest workers rights group. Yes, because nothing says capitalism as a force for good than massive multinational unaccountable corporations that exploit people for personal gain. And big banks and big pharma that are part of this coalition, which is being That's- all organized by Lynn <clears throat> Forrester D. Rothschild. That's bringing this coalition together yeah. to redefine capitalism as, of course, all these same institutional powers are talking about a global reset and redefining 
Marxism-Leninian capitalism. And again, we have to understand, these individuals, these corporations, they don't operate under the capitalistic system. They operate under the socialistic system since they get government handouts and welfare more than anyone else imaginable. And they're the ones that are partly responsible for all the pain and suffering that is being caused. So believing that these individuals are going to fix the problem that they were causing is absolutely no, not no, even no. pathetic. You sound so left. Are you, are you left? <laughs> I, I told you, I, I identify with Ron Swanson more than because anyone else. Do you know who Ron Swanson is? Isn't that from a show? Isn't that yes, from the movie? Parks too? and Rex, the guy who doesn't like government. Right. And I do need to acknowledge that, that we have to look at everything fairly and honestly. And when we look at these individuals grandstanding, talking about capitalism is bad, we have to understand... We're not operating under capitalism. We're un- we're operating under socialism for the super rich and then quasi-crony capitalism that doesn't even exist because of that for everyone else. We look at this largest transfer of wealth. We look at all the pain and suffering. It's all under the fingerprints of this quasi-fake system that manipulates lies to us and takes advantage it's, of dude, us in so many different ways. It's socialism for me and capitalism for thee. That's not even, so not even. Like you I know. really sound left. Yes, I know. I, yeah. I do. <laughs> like, I do. That's <laughs> like, you know, but, but, really. look, but, the, but the, the modern left is pro-corporate. I should, I should say, no, in, with respect to you and what yeah. you view as left, the democratic like establishment, establishment. is you. extremely pro-corporate. Yes. And there are a lot of what we would, what, what is colloquially described as left, like, uh, personalities who are in line with the democratic party and Joe Biden. And, and I, and I am here to tell you they're not really left. They I can would say they're left just like a member of Congress can pay to be in the progressive caucus. Yeah. That doesn't make it so. I could pay to be in the black caucus. You know, you that know, doesn't make me black. This is, this, is, this is hilarious that some of the worst offenders in terms of exploitation and manipulation are claiming they're going to make capitalism a force for good when they're the ones who actually ruined it. Yeah. When, when capitalism was at its root, free trade between individuals is great. When capitalism became large corporations that extract value from the working class and give very little in return, that became the problem. And I'm not talking about, for everyone who's listening, CEOs who are high paid and maybe managing companies. I'm talking about people who just sit like in Miami in a, in a skyscraper and just check their bank because they get profits from the company. Yeah. They're not adding things. They're not managing anything. So there's, there, there's serious challenges. This is where like my left comes out in the difference between the modern structure of this corporate, I guess you call it corporatist. Is it, it corporatism? It is corporatist. Yeah, it's corporatism. Where they have such control over the system with lobbying that smaller businesses can't compete. They can, they can crush you. Starbucks can open two Starbucks locations next to your small business and just wipe you out. Yeah. And then that prevents any real competition, any real free market. There's, it, you don't get it. If you have massive corporations strangling everybody. This is why I've always been in favor of a mixed economy. They pay a lot of money for that, right? The, the, the head of Starbucks pays a lot of money to be able to do what they do. Yeah. yeah. Be- before we get into that, if you keep reading the article, these people talk to you like your little children because what you see them exemplify is just simple language. Like, we're going to help the poor. Everyone's going to be equal. We're going to support <laughs> black and African-American businesses, and we're going to fight uh, global warming. And if you look at these individuals, a lot of them are directly responsible for causing the problems that they allegedly want more yeah. power, like Joe more Biden. responsibility for them to fix. Yeah. Like Joe Biden. Yeah. yeah. It's absolutely crazy well, and insane. Like, they're all part yeah. of this problem. And now the yeah. Pope to, to rubber stamp this and join this global coalition of good guys and superheroes is absolutely just more mind boggling and, and should be worrying to a lot of people out there. When YouTube announced that they will censor people who challenge you know the election and say there's fraud, Will Chamberlain, we had him on the show, he tweeted, 
Tell me why national, why, uh, why, what, he, he basically said, and I'll paraphrase because I don't have the exact quote, that nationalizing these big tech companies is better than letting them just do what they do and manipulate everything. Well, I, I have no problem with that. And me a lot neither. of these, and especially when we were talking about the communications um, companies, and that would help a lot with what we were talking about in well, terms of, you know, your First Amendment rights. Well, this is the frustrating right. part here because a lot of these big monopolies wouldn't be where they are without government, without yeah. public yeah. assistance, yes. without tax cuts, without working with the DOD, the Pentagon, especially when you look at institutions like Google, when you look at the startup foundations that are connected to the CIA, that have their direct fingerprints on all the big tech monopolies that are in power now. And when you look at Amazon, Google, and all these other monoliths, they are working one-on-one with government right now. Whether it's Amazon giving all the chairs and and, uh, all the little pens for the Pentagon or the military or Google. Yeah, I mean, uh, Amazon stocks. This is a Jeff Bezos problem. This this goes to that. I mean, he's getting ready to just own our water sources and just basically... Oh, did you see that news where like water is going to be added as a commodity? There's yeah, going to be water we wars soon, oh, yeah. and but not many people realize he's that. He's scary. He's yeah. threatening. I I find him to be very threatening. I mean, and also symbolic of the yeah. greater threat. Isn't it? Isn't it easier just to say that the real battle is like uh, establishment versus anti-establishment, or liberty versus authority? We call it corporate versus non-corporate, and really, it's just. But like, but, but government plays a role in this too. Yeah. Well, it is, but your government representative is either on the payroll or not on the payroll. So when you look at it in, in a in the micro level, like who who is your person representing? If they're taking corporate money, they're representing corporations. I think. You know, in a simple definition, corporations are a good thing. And I think in a simple definition, government is a good thing. But what we have are giant authoritarian monopolistic government and corporations. We need publicly financed elections. We, there, there's, oh, yeah. there are certain things that we That's could hard, do. That's hard It's really difficult to get, you know. To well, you would have to get enough people in there that aren't on the corporate payroll that would then support that. So it's, we're, we're chipping away at it, basically, is what we're trying to do. But you get enough people in there that aren't corporate, they'd be willing to do that. So, I mean, that's the goal. I just say put them in NASCAR suits and let them represent Absolutely. all the corporations that they represent. <laughs> Absolutely. Same with doctors. Doctors as so. well need to point out the corporations that they get money from so people know who they're doing business with. We're not even with. allowed to say it in a lot of cases. When you no. start bringing up stuff like where they get their money from, you're smearing them. You're, you know, you're not being part of the team, especially if it's a Democrat calling out another Democrat's yeah. corporate donors. Well, Eric Swalwell wants to launch an investigation against Axios because they're the ones uh-huh. that broke the story about his little, uh, what would you say, honeypot? Um, yes, his, uh, his infiltration that occurred between him <laughs> and uh, this lady that infiltrated many elements of government in more ways you mean than like a special one. special lady friend? Yes. It's a yes. special lady friend. Well, did you hear about yes. the story about the no, the spy that special. I told? I don't. Yeah. You know what? The circus is really losing. Yeah. I stick much more with like topics and well, issues. Yeah, than- yeah. Well, it is fascinating to see China's influence, especially over our political system, and especially with how they've been able to get all of our secrets and also manipulate, uh, you know, the, the politicians like Joe Biden very easily. Check out check out this story. Eric Swalwell refuses to admit wrongdoing over top secret friendship with Chinese spy Fang Fang and demands probe into who leaked the story as he refuses to say if he slept with her and she's still Facebook friends with his dad and brother. So a Chinese honey trap spy had been organizing a fundraiser for this guy. And the fact that he would call for the the, the journalists to get investigated. Well, yes. isn't and this then, a matter of national security? This is the man yeah. who is a part of the House Intelligence Committee. Yeah. He has unrestricted access to classified information. And this spy 
was with him before the start of his major political career. She helped him fundraise. She helped him get support in the Asian community. And many people say Eric Swalwell wouldn't be in power if it wasn't for this spy. This spy... He should resign. Yes, immediately resign. I mean, there's there's no even talking about this. But when you look at Eric Swalwell, when you look at his major points, he's he was a bastion, a favorite of the mainstream media to go up against Trump. And many times he regurgitated a lot of Beijing pro-communist government talking points that you saw him say and you saw the Chinese government say at the same time, whether it was keeping the borders open to China during the coronavirus scandal, whether it was going against Trump because of alleged Russian collusion, whether it was even going against North Korea, all of the talking points by Eric Swalwell on the mainstream media, almost perfect carbon copies of Chinese communist talking points, which does make you think, especially since now we're finding out that a Chinese spy helped him to get into power. And and it's not just him. I mean, Diane Feinstein had a. Uh, do you know about that one? She had a, she had a Chinese spy working. No, before. it doesn't surprise me. And again, I she is one of those people that I I don't claim. This so lady, we don't yeah. we don't we don't claim her. <laughs> well, that's that's why I think, uh, as I mentioned before, like the real fight is it's almost, you know, I, I everyone always says the real fight is this group versus that group, but I think it's liberty versus authority because. If you're in favor of freedoms and liberty, you're going to oppose censorship. We're going to get along. You're going to pro- yeah. oppo- oppose the corporatist structure and, well, the, and, the cro- and the crony government structures. By definition, authority would be a form of corporatism because you're bowing to people who are paying your paycheck. And to your point about saying that you're on the left, Luke's on the left, Tim's on the left because they support the idea of like restricting the corporate powers. Yeah. I think that's very much a right wing idea because if you really care about a free market, you really care about corporate America like backing off. Well, right. You're Thank not, you. Yes. you would be, you would be lack of government interference. You would right, be exactly. small government. You would be, but I think we've safely seen that both sides are no longer what they're supposed to be. Yes. There's, yeah. It's very blurred. Yeah. I yeah. mean, who's where? It's not left or right. It's yeah. if you're paying attention or if you're not paying attention. Yeah. It's if you're with the corporate globalist establishment or if you're with the individual, if you're for freedom, if you're liberty, if you're for the one individual to be able to live their yeah. lives freely without anyone putting their thumb over them. That to right. me is the do you like the Constitution? I love the Constitution. You see, that's that's the big thing. Yeah. The 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 authorities, the establishment, the corporations, I've actually the read governments. It. Wonderful. I know it's Ooh. fascinating, right? <laughs> I know. I love it. When pe- I love when people start saying something I'm like, "Well, I've read it, so I'm I'm quite familiar." But no, I take that very it's, seriously. I wouldn't swear over a Bible, but I'd swear over the Constitution. They Oh, yeah, absolutely. Me too. Yeah. They they have uh, uh I say they, but like these big corporate interests, these authoritarian, these uh, despotic government officials have tried so hard to crush the working class and the Constitution has been our saving grace. Right now, with the lockdowns, with what's happening, yeah. I, I, first thing I want to say, just to keep in kind of line, we're talking about this, the, the Chinese spies and stuff. Why isn't China under a lockdown? What's going on? How come we're seeing these big resurgences in Europe and the U.S., but nothing in China? I don't know. It's I find weird. it all very... So I, look, I've had a lot of questions about this whole thing from the beginning. Like, I am not a COVID denier. I am a complete denier of our ability to contain it and control it. So I, to me, it's... I am, I'm also a Darwinist. Let me be... I mean, it's it's sad. I'm not denying that it's happening. And I'm doing everything I can to be respectful. Well, that doesn't sound very leftist. I'm doing... No, but I also told you, when it comes to things like civil liberties, I'm very libertarian. Um, I I also believe that there's a lot of personal accountability. So I'm going to do everything I can to be respectful of other people and wear my mask and not, you know, just so that other people... I don't want to be get someone else sick. Like, I don't yeah. want to do that. But... I generally don't believe in um, squishing our civil liberties. You know, I, th- I thought of something really funny earlier, like a good idea for a skit where it's a guy who's wearing a mask but no shirt. 
and he goes into a <laughs> store and they're like, you got to get out of here. And he's like, what? You can't make me wear a shirt. You're all under, you're being controlled, man. Okay. You're being, it's like, you know, that my response is yeah. I'm not, I, I, you know, I don't care about masks. It's like they put up a sign saying no shirt, no shoes, no service. And they added masks to it. And I'm kind of like, I roll my eyes. Like, I mean, whatever. it kind of sucks and I don't like wearing it, but yeah. you know what? That, that's not a sword I'm willing to die on. Yeah. yeah I yeah. don't, it doesn't, it but, doesn't matter. So I, I, I forgot exactly where I was going with everything, but I, I was going to say that the, the lockdown has been this massive transfer of wealth in more ways than just shutting down small businesses and keeping open big corporations. The vaccine itself is a massive transfer of wealth, guaranteed contracts to big pharmaceutical companies. And then they tell them straight up, get the vi- vaccine as fast as possible. There's no liability for you. They're, they're exempt. And then you'll get a guaranteed $2 billion sale. So that's our I tax money. I won't take it. You won't? No. You want to know why I won't? Because they were warned. They just, uh, UK just warned people not to take it if you have allergies. So okay. you, you actually, yeah, it's been, it's been, it's, it's been advised against now. In, in Russia, they're telling people if you do take the vaccine, you can't drink for two months. Oh, Russia, Russia is that's interesting. One of the and so why countries. aren't we hearing that about that here? I mean, not that we have. The well, there's a level. lot of different side effects. And, and when you look at the list of possible side effects that you could get from this vaccine, there are a little bit uh, worrisome to say. the Well, least. let's 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 make sure we're in line with the acceptable news guard. Yes. OK, <laughs> the uh, NPR reports UK regulators tell people with severe allergies not to get the vaccine. I don't think uh, I'm actually con- uh, concerned. They said severe allergies because in the trials, it was reported in this warning uh, about one in zero point six eight five percent of people had an anaphylactic reaction. Okay. So do you guys know what that is? Yeah. yeah. Your yeah. face and eyes swell up, your throat closes. Yeah, you die. And when they were giving the first run through, the, the first release to healthcare workers in the UK, two of the nurses had an anaphylactic reaction. And fortunately, they were in a hospital with EpiPens nearby, epinephrine. So you've, you've got minutes. I mean, you're going to, you're going to asphyxiate. So they, they jab you with the EpiPen. It's, it's like an, an adrenaline, uh, analog. And then you <gasps> come back out of it. Very pulp and, fiction. Yes. Very yes. pulp fiction. They yep. issued, uh, uh, they issued a warning saying that the vaccine can only be administered in places that have resuscitation ca- capacity. That's not a, that's not a selling point. No, 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 no. Uh, now, uh, the first thing I'll say is take your advice from your doctor. This is, this, this is, you know, what's really funny. I tweeted this out very bland. I said, uh, you know, 0.685% of people had an anaphylactic reaction. UK doctors are advising people with allergies to avoid the vaccine. And then I had a bunch of people calling me an anti-vaxxer. You're an anti-vaxxer. I'm like, what? what? You're an anti-vaxxer. Is, yeah. I'm, I'm pro-government in this position, right? The government has said this. Why, are you nuts? Yeah. You run the risk of, it's, it's crazy. You could get banned for saying this stuff. And I'm you reading know? NPR. They're warning us about um, this. Biden just tweeted out that he wants 100 million vaccines. Yeah. Well, that's the one thing during the presidential debates that Biden and Trump were all on page of. They argued about everything except for the vaccine and how what, how much we need it, how quickly we need to get it out there to everyone. And uh, when you look at the vaccine, we have to understand which one we're talking about because there's many different ones out there. There's many different f- big pharma companies out there. There's Pfizer. That's the one specifically yes, with the, the allergies. Pfizer vaccine. Yes. The Russian one is a completely different vaccine that's out there. But we have to understand a lot of these companies are rushing to be the first to market. That's a very important economic turn for companies that want to make a lot of money. And when you have that and you have no liability, no recourse to get punished if you do something very wrong. What could go wrong? 
Exactly, especially from big pharma. That absolutely, I mean, we could you know you could say good things and positive things about them, but they do have a bad record sometimes. When we no, I'm look not saying at, anything positive about that. <laughs> well, it depends. There's some people that say that you know big pharma saved their lives, but with but, our tax dollars. Well, a, a lot of the medicine, especially now that's being tr- used to treat COVID-19 patients, was subsidized by the taxpayer, and now it's being sold at the highest bidder for thousands of dollars at the hospitals, which is absolutely ridiculous. That's how all of it happens. Meanwhile, though. when there's doctors, there was there was a, a pathologist on on YouTube. His name's Chris Martinson. He just released a video talking about alternative solutions that there's scientific studies behind that might actually work that have been promising his video gets censored his video gets taken down it was You're fully deleted on youtube that. yeah well look look at the, the one of the craziest things was uh breitbart getting censored on facebook and you know i, I made the joke about newsguard because uh, are you familiar with newsguard i reference them quite a bit they're a they're a microsoft they're microsoft funded right mm-hmm. i have no idea it's this this they they give a rating to news outlets as like okay. green check mark right exclamation point as a safeguard and check on my bias, I, you know, the sources I use are always NewsGuard certified, even though I'm critical of NewsGuard in many ways. I think it's, it's fair to be like, okay. It's I'm a not, baseline. Yeah. You know, I could be biased and just read Breitbart. But what happened was Breitbart was actually certified and approved until they filmed a press conference from a pilot, from it was, it was a, a, a Republican congressman and a bunch of doctors. That's all they did. They filmed it. They live streamed it on their Facebook page. It got deleted and then they got accused of publishing fake news. Because they filmed a press conference. Yeah. Imagine if imagine if you're doing a press conference with Joe Biden and Joe Biden said, Trunin on a shabbat of pressure. They're going to come after my news organization because Joe Biden said something. Right. That's crazy. That's 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 the level of censorship we're at when it comes to to COVID. Now, I, I look, I'm, I think I'm reasonable. There's concerns that misinformation could result in people dying. But I think it's kind of crazy that the view of communications technology is that it's uh, you know, it, it's it, that they can re- review what you say before you can say it to someone else. Whereas it's been precedent for the most of my life. I could call you on the phone and say whatever I want. Welcome well, I, I can't. I can't. Yeah. yeah, right. I couldn't call you and threaten I was going to kill you or anything like right. that. Right. No. But I could call you and be like, hey, did you hear about this vaccine? They're saying if you have an allergy, don't take it. Now. Now what? Are they going to are they going to come out and say, oh, we're going to ban you because, you know, what concerns me is that they're going to come out and make people take it. And um, that that already is going to start to happen. Well, My husband's a physician and he's going to be forced to take it in order to maintain privileges wow. at the hospital. Yeah, it depends on the state level. Illinois said that they won't be doing that. But New York is pushing through legislation on the state yeah. level that would make it mandatory. And, and no, wow. no, no, no. Well, you're yeah. you're talking about legal, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter what's legal. No. If if the hospital board gets together and decides right. that they're going to force all their physicians, correct. And so that's how this is done. It doesn't no. need to be a law. And this is going to be a mandatory thing. Yeah, and then we have big corporations like Qantas coming out and saying, well, if you want to fly, you're going to have to have the yeah, certificate the and the government is going to be providing yeah. certificates. We're going to get to where we have to show our papers. Yeah. Show, show your papers. Show that's your That's what they're doing in France papers. already. So listen, yeah. listen, listen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to issue an on-air correction. Uh, a couple nights ago, was it last week? I said everything's gonna be fine. <laughs> we, had said, a, we had a good argument. Uh, we're gonna. Yeah. Have, I'm, I'm issuing a correction. I said nothing's gonna happen. They're gonna. They're gonna give people the vaccine. Like, could you, could you imagine? It's like widespread. So, like, I just don't see it happening. We've done things like this, and now here I am sitting here reading a story saying that out of twenty, uh, I think it was twenty thousand people, one hundred thirty-seven had anaphylactic reactions. Ooh. That's serious. That's a lot. Yeah. That, that, like, look, I, I. Uh, I have I, I have certain allergies. I will re- keep uh, a secret, and I've had to be rushed to the hospital because of anaphy- potential anaphylactic reactions to allergies, and that's very very scary. Like there are people who are allergic to peanuts or shrimp. Yeah, you'll die. 
Like you will, the, uh, the reason they don't do peanuts on planes anymore is because the peanut yeah. dust could get in the air and someone could breathe it and just die. You're not allowed to have peanut butter in schools anymore because of that. Yeah. And that's crazy. Now they're telling me that 0.685% of people, that's, that's more than the fatality rate of, of COVID. <gasps> I told and, you so. You're not allowed. You're not allowed to say that. You're gonna. Well, so they're gonna take this video off. No, but I'm reading the Guardian right yeah. here. They say people with a history of significant aller- allergic reactions should not receive the COVID vaccine. The medicines regulator said that's not my opinion. That's the health experts right now of the NHS yeah. in the UK saying this, and I am in agreement with them because they're the experts. They're, they're just last week, I was like, I think everything's gonna be fine. They're mm-hmm. gonna put. It's, you know, they're gonna make a bunch of money off it. Now here I am saying like I'm reading the Guardian. I was wrong. Well, that is they're true. They're gonna make people. a lot of money off of it. Oh, definitely. That is definitely guaranteed true. billions to big pharma. Well, that's the whole it. point of this, and that's why this is something that Biden and Trump agree on. Again, all roads lead to the same <laughs> financial donors. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but I think Trump's motivation is he wants to look good for the press. Well, he, he has. I think he has that on everything because the right. man is one giant ego. Um, but I think in terms of policy that we're going to see, it's going to be whatever creates the most money for the corporations. That's how this is going to work. They are extracting wealth. They're extracting it and they're giving it to the the rich are going to be just fine. I don't know about the press argument because you would think after four years after being bombarded by the press, them only complimenting him when he was a warmonger, uh, that it wouldn't matter to Trump. But maybe he does. But he is still, he's trying to maintain some kind of, the biggest popular support as as he can. And I'm sure his internal polls show him that people are scared of COVID. And so he's trying to say, we're going to get the vaccine to you. It'll make him happy. Well, if you look at the polls right now, a lot of people are skeptical of the vaccine. Half of the FDNY, New York City's uh, fire department, said that they won't be taking it. Yep. So, well, let's Cuomo. see if they're allowed to do that. It, yeah. Joe, wasn't it Joe Biden and Kamala Harris? Yeah. Who questioned the vaccine? Yes. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Like, that was it for me. You yeah, know? but they'll switch sides in a heartbeat as long as they're told to do yeah. so. Yeah. So, what did their master say? He, yeah. was like, yeah. he was like, I'm not going to take that. No, not until, you know, it's independently certified. And then Trump was like, the New York doesn't get it. And I'm, you know, oh, okay. Well, I'll tell you this. First of all, none of us in this room are going to be allowed to get it. We are, we are all not within the first, like, nine waves, I think. Yeah, I don't want it. Well, there you go. So you it doesn't matter it. to me. That's a club I don't want to be in. Yeah, I can't get it. But what happens when, you know, we, we saw from Ticketmaster that they're going to put the vaccine mm-hmm. thing on the ticket. You want to go to, you want to go to a, a you know. Australia? Yeah. It's no, no, you want to go to a concert. They're going to be like, is your yeah, vaccine oh, thing? Yeah, and yeah, I yeah, actually right. really miss concerts. That's one of the things I miss the most with all of this. Me but, too. but um, yeah, and I do think they're going to do stuff like it's that. It's going to be funny when the resistance is not going to be against like some, necessarily like some political figure, but it's going to be people who are just going to the movies and like having concerts it's like the, the nightmare dystopia is that people are gonna be at a rave in the middle of the woods and the police are gonna storm in and be like you're in violation of quarantine law and you know start arresting well people. there's that but i also then even can take it a step further and be like okay what else is in this vaccine are we all getting microchipped like well, I, I don't know about that That's no but it's we're how far are we from that kind of thing you know where we talk about we're not that far from it right yeah, so technologically not. and i'm not this is not something that i think the covid vaccine is tracking us you're, I don't you're think already I, microchipped well I trust phone. me. If I if I didn't have kids, I wouldn't have a phone. But well, that, that that's that, that's the thing too. It's like a lot of people assumed that. I remember like you know ten or no, it was like twenty years ago, fifteen years ago. The Verichip, remember Verichip? Yep. They're gonna put the the yeah. RFID, RFID in chip in your thing. Yep. Yeah. And then people thought it would track you. It's like the range on that is so microscopic. But you literally have a cell phone. Everybody has a phone. Yeah. They know where you are. You, you know At all times. Well, well, you know not that even Facebook that. knows you go when you go to the bathroom. Yeah. Like we have yeah. a recurring joke about. Do it. You, they do. Yeah. Well, if your bathroom is in a different location, like if you have to move. No, no, no. They know you'll go to the bathroom before you even know it. So yep. what people don't realize is that Facebook knows so much about you that the AI they have can say things like they last ate 
eight hours ago because they went from one location to a location in proximity to a lot of food, you know, food court or a bunch of restaurants. They've been they went from their primary residence to a work location. And now it's about 11 o'clock. They have a profile of you and they're going to be like in the next 20 minutes, this person will go to the yeah. bathroom. You don't even realize it yet. And you're gonna be like, time to go to the bathroom. It's like the social yeah. dilemma. Did you see that on uh, Netflix? That's what I, I did. Not yet, That's basically the premise. Yeah. But again, you mentioned a good point. We don't need microchips. Look at what China's doing with their facial recognition. I mean, yep. let's pull up the article I sent you guys because Which we're finding out that up? Huawei tested artificial intelligence software that could recognize recognize people if they were Uyghur minorities <laughs> and then immediately called the police on them. I mean, there's... Internal, Look at this. Yeah. We have it from the Washington Post. They have a face Wa- scanning system. Let me, let me, let is that how you, you say that? Yeah. Uyghur? Wa- Uyghur? Huawei. Yeah. Uyghur. Huawei tested AI software that could recognize Uyghur minorities and alert police. Amazing. For those that don't know, China is currently operating concentration camps with one million Uyghur Muslims detained. The Chinese government is using, using them as cheap labor and harvesting their organs. Yep. Being able to use facial recognition to identify them is beyond what we have ever in, in, in all the nightmare dystopia movies we have, people put their hoods up and they run and they hide and they see the cop go by and they like duck their head. Guess what? In this world, there's going to be that. cameras everywhere yeah. and they're just going to know where you are. And this is the same country influencing our politicians. This is the same country bragging that Joe Biden is compromised, financing the sons of politicians, sending out spies that help politicians get elected here named Fang Fang that are Chinese professional a geisha honeypots i mean for i mean they're in trouble they're talking about microwave and weapons gene splicing super soldiers i mean we're in a wow. predicament here that that's really major here. Like and the, there's another the article Empire here from yeah Star- but Star- we are the see i think they what makes them different from so you know you're looking at it from from the standpoint of their boundaries right so that's a country and they're acting as a sovereign and they're doing no no no, they're, no, they're, no they have no. international uh, so so no but what i'm saying is is that it could just as well be any what we're looking at is the pe- the power people that are in charge, the people that are controlling, let's say, the technology that are controlling all the corporate resources. Right? Mm-hmm. They don't yes. really know nationality, right? Yes. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like to me, I don't care if my oligarchs are Chinese, Russian, or American. It's, no, it this, doesn't this, matter. This, 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 this is a, this yeah, a really important not. point. As we just noted with the Pope story, it's 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 operating a lot in China. But the interests are these massive corporations, yeah. and international, That's globalists. what I'm saying. So when you yeah. and what concerns me when you talk about it in terms are of the Chinese, are we turning to Alex Jones' show? Well, no, <laughs> no. Globalists. But when you say, but when you say things like the Chinese, it it almost puts like a blame on that it's China, and and I and sort of like when Trump calls it the China virus, right? It's and, the Kung and, flu. <laughs> to be correct here but but i think that's that it, it almost gives this perception of that it really has to do with their their nation we, we, and i don't we, think that i think it's it's bigger than that well, the, and i don't the think... people and and i think i don't know if it was you who clarified this but it's the chinese communist party yeah okay it is and that's yeah 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 and i very think different. that is the thing and when you say china i think a lot of people just think oh it's chinese no and no, i no. and and well people well, when you look at the the Uyghur Muslim uh, concentration camps, there's even reports that many companies like Nike and Apple benefit off of that human slave well, labor. R- r- remember when Mulan, was it Mulan, where the yeah. Disney yes. Plus did the movie, and they thanked this paramilitary group that is enslaving people? Yes. yes. So that is like... in charge of watching the Uyghur Muslims. <laughs> yes. Well, I call, uh, those, Muslim, I call them uh, i-slaves. Aren't they called i-slaves, the people that make the iPhones? And they oh, have yeah, the down. suicide nets outside they have of the factories. Nets, and well, yeah. you know, they moved their factory. Their factory used to be in the city. And then enough people <sighs> were protesting it and not liking it. So then they moved out into like the middle of nowhere, China. Yeah. And um, there's a compound. That's where the ice slaves are. Yeah. Yeah. Man. 
It's a creepy world we live in. Uh, yeah. But you know what the crazy thing is? We all are sitting here basking in the benefits of this horrifying slave labor out of out of uh, out of these these camps True. And, and these factories. Yeah, but it happens here. We just call it prison. Oh, definitely. Yeah, remember when Kanye said something about repealing the Thirteenth Amendment? Do you remember that? I I don't listen to Kanye. Well, so let I me try make sure, to avoid Kanye. Let me make sure I have uh, you know. This, I think this he's disturbed. And I also am not into celebrities that are rich yeah. or being famous and no, famous for being rich. I understand your point. No, 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 no. Kanye yeah. is the greatest musician of this or any generation. <laughs> That's why I'm kidding. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> He's good. I, I think he makes some good I'm music. No, whatever. I, stay in your lane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. So, so, but no, no, I bring this up because he tweeted that we should abolish the 13th and everyone started going nuts. And that what he meant was, though, the 13th Amendment allows slavery if yep. you're convicted of a crime. Yep. So Kamala Harris she kept people in past their their terms mm-hmm. to use them as yep. cheap labor, but not just that, to fight fires. You're going to risk your life for a dollar an hour, and we're not letting you leave because we want you to be our like. They technically line. give them shortened time, but um, but they I, were supposed to be already out. Yeah, they were, well, but it's, it was, it's it was just probation. it's crazy, and it's obviously um, it's slavery. This is slavery, yep. and no, and he's right. The Thirteenth Amendment does that. That is the one thing. That clause is what has allowed our corrections institutions to run away with what it has. Like that's the, that clause has been that. But I mean, obviously, abolishing the Thirteenth Amendment would not be a good no, not, idea. Not Otherwise, <laughs> get rid of that right. prison provision. But no, it's true, and that has allowed this to go on for as long as it has. We need prison reform. We we in this country we treat prison like an opportunity for big business, and that's because of the Thirteenth Amendment. The, it's the, a profit motive. We well, need to yeah. not have a profit it's motive. It's because in of too much government and too much laws and too many bureaucrats just making things up to satisfy their their imaginable public meanwhile they're working for the corporation so you know that's you the know problem. i i remember like growing up the the right was very much like the government is a problem the corporations are fine and the left was like the corporations are the problem the government is fine and it's kind of like you know it's bad people exploiting any kind of structured system and they're doing a revolving door between each other to make money and exploit us. Yep. And yeah. That's, the that's, lobbies. Yeah. You can, you can, a corporation, look, you can have a, a small business as a corporation. Yeah. And you can have a government of a small town of 2000 people and everyone's very happy. Now, when we say corporate, we're talking the big people. Exactly. Okay. I mean, I, yes, technically my little gen core is a corporation. We're not exploiting the exactly. people, right? So no, we're talking about the and big And when we ones. say government, we mean the revolving door policies of the military industrial complex and yeah. big business. The prison industrial complex, the big pharma industrial po- complex, we could keep going. But I do think there's a big agenda uh. to keep p- people divided, keep yeah. people fighting each other. That's why there's a meme of libertarians beating up other libertarians <laughs> yes. and laughing at each other. <laughs> and, you know, even though me and you disagree, like I got micro-triggered when you say collectivism. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm messing with you. I'm joking. Okay. I'm being facetious. Okay, because I I'm I'm being clarify facetious. what I mean. No, no, no. I'm being very facetious. I'm not I know. I'm being very facetious. I always believe in decentralization, but I believe it's more productive if we could actually sit down and listen to each other and learn from each other rather than just try to win an internet argument or yeah. try to be better yeah. than each other. And that's why, you know, I thank you for coming here and talking to us because I think it's important to reach out to all the disenfranchised people and say, hey, man, enough is enough. Let's all come together and look at the but wrongdoings and evils. We have a lot more that we agree on that we don't. Exactly. We could, do. Could, and could, there's a big illusion to make us not understand that yeah so we were yeah. talking about watchmen a couple times in the past few episodes are you familiar with the graphic novel or the movie watchmen? okay i'm married i was the original penny you know penny from big bang theory no you've never watched the big i bang don't like theory? Big bang theory. okay well it's cheesy <laughs> like but it. she's like this one girl that's always she in the comic book know, store and yeah. the guy right and so when i started dating my husband he's upset he collects comics like he's obsessed with comics so i was one of those girls that would walk into the comic book store and all the guys were like 
what is she doing? <laughs> you know, like the crazy. So no, I'm very familiar with The Watchmen. The movie was horrible, though. Can I say that? I like the movie. Oh, no. I, the, the graphic novel is like a masterpiece. With the exception but... of, of, what was it, Billy Kudrup, Naked? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that and I... the director's preached. cut, they show I, it all. Okay, see, now that made it worthwhile. But no, I mean, I just didn't... So, but you know how like they created uh, uh, in, in the graphic novel, the alien and fake alien, alien invasion? Yeah. Joe Biden could be that alien invasion. You're uh, assuming yeah. that there's a there there. You're assuming that it's there's something in there of Joe Biden. Well, yeah, no, like, but that's, that's what I mean. He's literally like a mannequin stand. Like he, he's a he's a scare populist. Did you see they, the they little video the, uh, weekend of Biden's? Have you seen this? Thing <laughs> yes. I did. It was beautiful. It was amazing. But no, no, no. But he's 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 a he's a, a scare populist. They put yeah. him. They they strung him up on a little post, and all the left and the right populists are going ah, like looking at him. You know, like he's bad. Maybe this will be something that. It unites. Are you saying you think Biden's the great unifier? Yeah, that's what. That's like. Well, I mean, jokingly, whether he realizes it or not, by default, he's the he's the hapless, he and uh, I think he's crooked. But also, okay, but I think they're all crooked. Y- yeah, I do. Yeah, I mean, you. Sure. This is, and and that's the thing when you want to sit there and talk about like Hunter Biden and all that. Please don't get started on like Trump's family and Trump's kids. It's like you're talking about an entire group of people that, by definition, are filthy to be where they are, <clears throat> and we're not in that group. So it's kind of like that's just splitting hairs. I think Joe Biden is just like almost nothing. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. It's a but, shell. But, but he's, he's a vapid shell. He's there. And the regular people who are, you know, uh, paying attention, starting to wake up and get active to these exploitation. They see him standing there in the window of the White House just on his post, you know, <laughs> not really doing anything. And they go like, ah, like something's wrong here. Like we got to do something. It's, it's, it's getting people active. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's interesting how. Aside from the weird woke left, I guess, the, and, and, and they're often in alignment with establishment, the media, the corporations, they think they're the resistance or whatever. The, the, I, I don't know, I don't know what you call the non-woke left, but there's like anti-war progressives. They get censored all the time. And they're very much. I'm the non-woke left. But like the, the, the Trump supporters hate war. There was a, a, a I think it's the American. He campaigned co- on that. On, against war, Trump? Yeah. Yeah, I know. And so now Trump is like, I think one of the reasons he really wants to pull the troops out of Afghanistan is because he wants to get as much support from regular people as possible who hate war. So he's like, I'm going to make it happen. But everybody hates war. Like Luke was saying earlier in the show, every president has campaigned on it because it's popular. People hate it. It's a waste of our energy. I always say this. Why are we allocating so much money to any kind of foreign excursion or intervention when that money could be allocated to Flint, fixing the pipes? That's not a priority. Or, it's the or just craziest thing. Because that doesn't citizenry. financially benefit the people in charge. Yeah. And the military does. Building roads and creating economic opportunity in these other countries that make money for big corporations and internationalists is, is good. Making sure that American citizens are benefiting from our community, which guarantees them clean water and not getting uh, Legionnaire's disease. Well, that they don't care about. But that's a, have to talk about the collective then. When we talk about clean water, we have to talk about what's in the best interest of the collective. The community. Well, that's what I mean when I say collective. Well, right. You come together as a society to have certain benefits, right? I think we need to come together as disenfranchised people. And then after that, if we are successful, you go on and do your thing how you want to do it in your place. I'll do it in my place. But that's already benefiting from the collective. And we could have a decentralization and we could have a commune that does it uh, in a communistic way. And we could have a capitalistic utopia that does it their own way. Just like that video game that we talked about a couple days ago. Didn't Ron Paul say this? It was a quote where he said that... In this system, you're free to create your own socialist community. Yes. You yeah. Chaz, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so I put it this way. The reason why I, I, I really liked Ron Paul, um, there are a lot of 
you know, core issues relating to like religion and stuff I didn't, I didn't agree with. But I remember when I was younger, I thought about it. I was like, if he had his way and he created his, you know, libertarian type society, I could have my more left leaning community with no one bothering us. Yeah. yeah. You know, we can go do our Unless thing. Unless your community's poisoning Earth's water and destroying the air supply. No, but we were we were the hippies. Like I worked for Greenpeace. We we're the people who were mad about that. And so we were like, we wanted to have our space that would protect and isolate and you know, like isolate in a sense where it's like, don't come here, don't mess with our, you know, yeah. our clean water and air. This is our but you you can have that in a more libertarian society. Well, the libertarian idea is mainly let be and and be as you want. Yes. And as long as you're not forcing other vid, under individuals under the threat of violence that right. to, to do something, we're okay. But, but you know, but, I, but, I always I always come to that problem of like I've had conversations with right anarchists or whatever. What happens if I've got a stream for my community and then a mile downstream, some dude starts pooping in it, you know? Yeah. That's like causing sickness and illness to my, to well, my community. Well, you need to know if they have, if they subscribe to the common law flow of water, if they've got what's called riparian rights. And it depends on yeah, where can, you live on the river. And can you buy water? Can you own it? Um, you can. Depend. Certain states have what's called... <clears throat> riparian rights which means that the person at the source is basically in charge of what happens to what goes downstream right but then some states have it where you are in charge of what the water is behind your own yeah. property so there's it depends yeah. on the state it's state laws it's in my benefit to work out my problems with my neighbors accordingly and in a peaceful manner and it's way i rather have that problem than have the military industrial complex creating the worst humanitarian crisis in yemen right no, now No, i agree with so you. so if you have a choice right now yeah i'll argue with my neighbor about where to poop Sure, I'll do that gladly any day if it doesn't mean bombing the crap out of if, innocent what, people what over the, the world. What happens to the guys like, I'll poop wherever I want? Well, there's different ways of, of, of defending yourself and dealing with those problems and situations. But obviously, being a sovereign you know individual, I would do? you would, you know. I would go one mile upstream from him and start pooping in his oh water. Gosh. Well, and that is, and that's ultimately the problem with this kind of law. Yeah, right. Is that there's, there's no end. It's like leapfrog. Like, you just keep moving up yeah. and it's. That's why Live we need collectivism. Ultimately, this I one disagree. No, 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 Dude, no, no. If you just let people go start the their fellow community hippie, the fellow hippie with speaks. no laws, and they can go pollute the air at will. You got to clarify that, though. Then you I, just I'm, go, I'm like the, you I'm said, the... you're joking, but you go over there with your gun and you got to deal with it somehow. But you got you to clarify. you got to deal with you somehow. You got to clarify what collectivism is, because what happens if two collectives start shooting at each other? You got well, war. Then they're not being collective together. You're they're not. No. One so, when we speak of the collective, I'm talking about whatever it is that so, substance that we're all paying taxes to. One of the, yeah. That's what, the collective. Yeah. One of the biggest arguments against uh, anarchism or libertarianism is that a bunch of crazy warmongers are going to take over. Well, look what happens now. Look what this, <laughs> Look at the system that we have now. Yeah. So uh, I would think there would be less harm. I would think there would be less problems once we decentralize power and we don't have psychopaths with nuclear weapons that uh, essentially start wars for profit. But who's to say yeah. that the decentralized communities wouldn't build nuclear weapons? Yeah, but they might build crazier weapons, actually. No joke, because the, the regulations would be would be extremely different. So do they the, have one, the resources? Do well, they have the money? Without a centralized force, uranium. it would be very difficult. No, no, no. One of the reasons why the U.S. accelerated in a lot of crazy technology was because of a lack of understanding and regulation. So you had people doing crazy radioactive experiments so the government creates this overarching lockdown, like you, if like doing research on LSD, the whole government's locked it down. If you had disparate pockets of collectives, there could be one place where they're like, you're free to do whatever you want in that regard. Another place saying you can't do that. That's so like would, states. Yeah, 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 we already yeah. have that with states. Yeah. No, but yeah. I mean, like the federal government has locked down a lot of a lot of specific things. 
Well, they lock it down when it doesn't benefit them financially or they can't gain control over it. We could still have a mutual defense agreement with all the different states, but I believe the individuals should determine how they want to live their lives. And I think us getting more involved in in local issues, local community politics is the way to do it. And then when we have this big overcompensating federal government, we have to limit that as much as we can, but we could still have a national defense and we could still live under the rules of anarchy or libertarianism or socialism or communism, depending on the community that determines what's right for them and their particular circumstance. Because again, the biggest minority is the individual. That's the one that we think we should always look out out for over anyone else. Yeah, well, we're always big about local. Like that's a big thing for us. Is it very local? And people say, how can they get involved? And like the most important thing is local because your needs are different locally, different communities. I think big cities are bad. Yeah, they're horrible. I think big cities... They're COVID emporiums now. Yeah, uh, a lot of the complaints we hear about police, it's because the cops don't know or care about you. So it's not community-based. They're not there to protect and serve in the sense that, you know, you're a member of my community. I'm going to look out for you. It's a big city, and they bring in cops from one area to police the other area and mix them all around. And then you have – you can't grow food. You can't be self-sufficient. You're reliant on things coming in. The cost of living skyrockets. I think people got to, you know, be more – I don't want to say rural, but maybe like semi-rural suburban you know, but it's communal. Get, what you're talking about is kind of a communal thing. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So so I, I consider myself left libertarian. But the way I describe it is what people don't understand about left libertarian. What really bothers me is they sh- that whenever they do the political compass memes, the left authoritarian is like the tankies and the communists and the left libertarian is Antifa. And I'm like, that's not libertarian. You can't go. Well, see, this is all labels. You're talking like these are all the labels. This is why it's so hard to deal with this. It's true. And, and tra- trying to define what it is. But, yeah. but I'll try and break it down. Here's what I say. They say that Antifa, they go on protest, they fight, they throw rocks and bricks. It's not libertarian to exert a, thor- a force over another person. That's 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 an opposite. Opinion. Right. Left libertarian is hippies on a farm sharing like, yeah, I just grew this watermelon. You want to have some? And they just yeah. share. Yeah. But it's really easy in a small community. It's really hard in cities and it's really hard scaling up into government, states and federal level. So it's really easy to set up a farm and have friends and work there and, and share what you what you make. It's really hard to do that if you're a federal government with 300 million people. Once you go out into the farm and start working on the land, those people typically become libertarians yeah. or anarchists yep. for a reason. Yeah, because but, of but all listen, the hard work associated but, but, but look, with it. Yes, yeah. but you could be left libertarian in that this is these are my friends, this is my sure. family, and yeah. I'm going to give my watermelon to my friends and as family. As long as you're not forcing watermelon down people's throats and using force and aggression with that, then fine, yeah, of course, do that. It's, the history it's, of farms, though, is that they would get invaded and taken. Right, because the authoritarian structures, one, you know, Genghis Khan, for instance, can force people and then just take it over faster than you can defend it. That's why it doesn't scale up very well. It's very difficult to maintain. So ultimately... You know, realistically, I become more liberal than anything because you need some kind of authority, some uh, not authoritarianism, but some kind of mutual uh, group, self-defense, common defense, et cetera. Well, it someone has be... to be in charge in a sense that there yeah. have to be budgets. There have to be things. If you're living as a in any sort of society, there has to be some sort of structure. And so somebody does have to be. But it's you know, you're talking about it could be a board it could be a committee it's a commission it doesn't and it could be more revolving too it should be more revolving i think the american government is brilliant we have congress for passing laws and it's representing the people the senate the upper changer representing the states and the executive branch for quick military decisions in the common defense 
However, I think the system has been slowly eroded, and now we have a lot of corruption in yeah, it. Yeah, that's going to be tested very soon, especially after the yep. election in Georgia, if the Democrats have full power over all of the government. So that's going to be very interesting to and see. And yet I think they'll still do nothing. I disagree. Oh, oh no, no, no. I, I think in terms yeah. of what you're hoping for, you're right. Oh, yeah. No, I'm talking yeah. in terms but of like the policy that we're seeking I'm, to actually I'm talking about, In terms of yeah. selling out the working class. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> I actually thought for a second I was thinking about like, you know, helpful democratic policies that are actually in their platform that they might no. actually do yeah, that. No. But no. No. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be a bunch of people in an ivory tower sipping their tea with pinkies out saying, well, now that we've regained control, you know, let's let's extract more value from these people and re- give them nothing in return. Yeah. Let's take Super Chats, because yes. uh, I see a lot of people have a lot of interesting things to say. Cassius Cam says, it wasn't a Chinese spy, it was a coffee cup. <laughs> P.S. Tim, Luke was right about the vax. I did issue a correction. Oh, thank I you. said I thought everything's going to be fine, people are going to have a vaccine, nothing's going to happen. And I, 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 it's, it's almost <laughs> like the universe playing, playing, a, playing a prank on me. Because I'm <laughs> like, look, people get flu shots all the time, we don't hear these stories, like, why, I, I have a normalcy Do bias. Do you get a flu shot? No. I don't either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never since I stopped working at the hospital. If you haven't already, smash that like button. And uh, get your super chats in. We'll, we'll read through as many as we can. Daniel Ashley says, where can we find you when Google deplatforms you? Down by the river fishing. Uh, that's, that's, that's the best I can say. Did I something mean, just go by saying Jen loves men in diapers? I oh mean, my. maybe. Is that, did you read that? I <laughs> swear <laughs> that so I just saw something fly by that says Jen likes men Don't in diapers. Don't read the chat. Whatever you do. No, no, no. I just thought that Don't was funny. I'm like, what, is, what does that mean? What is happening? chat is happening max power says martial law now stop the great reset stop the lockdowns uh you know martial law would just be civil war if that really happened i'd say just it's a bad idea okay let's see what we got here carlos cruz says suggestion the authoritarians shouldn't be called communists there are too many who view communism favorably call them neo-feudalists no defense interesting well i actually think it's a better way to put everything because what we're seeing with covid lockdowns and the extraction of wealth and the corporations and everything, it's very much like a neo-feudalism. They're stripping the wealth and ownership away from the working class to make them subservient to the machine. They're essentially neo-serfs. Yeah. And just like you said, capitalism has lifted more people out of poverty than any other system out there. And what these big businesses and corporations and the Pope are proposing is... Redefining capitalism. But it's not capitalism. It's a bunch of powerful interests who control the flow of resources. And I thought right. we, we pretty much said it's socialism. It's socialism for the for rich. The, for the rich. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's, that's and what is, if, if it were really capitalism and they were really having to be survival of the fittest and let the market decide, most of them wouldn't be around anymore. Exactly. They're like that because they've bought off enough they policies. Failed, yeah. Just like the big banks in 2008. Yeah. It's kind of like once they uh, went off the gold standard to this, this fiat currency, they became socialist. Like, It'll, because it allows them to extract value. Unlimited amounts. Exactly. Yeah. They just print money. Yep. When On the gold standard, you need gold to buy things. You, so you, like, you need it, that yeah. value. Wow. So the fiat system allows them to just like, if all of us were working and trading and I could print money, I could just sit here, do no work and just print the money and give it to you and you'd accept it. That's what they're doing. The gold standard stopped that. So what was it? Trump tried appointing this woman who yes. won, the, won the gold standard back and then everyone blocked her. Uh, I love it. It's fun, isn't it? Desiree Smith says, do you have another platform besides YouTube? Yes. The Tim Pool Daily Show and Timcast IRL are on all podcast platforms. So Spotify and iTunes, go check it out, subscribe, and leave a good review. It boosts up uh, the show in the rankings, and then people will find the show more, and then it creates a snowball effect. So it would be really great. Also, if you if you miss the live show, you can check it out there, too. Midnight in Exile says, I'd love to know if this woman understands that she betrayed her country to China for a superficial feeling of superiority and social belonging. I'd love to know how that sits with her psyche. 
Well, First of all, this woman is a, Jen Perlman. They're yes. talking about me. <laughs> yes. about me? I, I don't think they were talking about me. Well, no, I thought they were. Ta- <laughs> that's about what did I do? What Voting did I do? Biden. They're talking about Biden. Uh, Biden's ties to China. Yeah, it's not. I know. It's again. I'm not proud of it. It's not. I own it. And but I also have to say that given where I am and the change that I'm trying to make and what I'm trying to do and us on a local level and building up a name and building up a platform, um, there are certain things. That unfortunately I have to live with within the Democratic Party that I just do. I mean, you could lie and say you didn't vote Correct. for them, but you're saying you did. And also I'm owning it because that's who I am and that's what I do. And again, I'm not proud of that choice. It's not like I'm, I, again, not defending it. I'm not saying anybody else should do it. I, I, I could have gone a few different I ways. I also think, you know, uh, my response to you, Midnight in Exile, is I think you should be a soft touch. You've got, you know, Jen here is very much in agreement on a lot of the things. We have a great conversation. So she's certainly willing to have a conversation. We got to make sure that when we're talking to people who like voted for Biden, we don't just, you know, you okay. yeah, I'm up. not promoting him. Let me yeah. be very clear. Like, I, I, I didn't promote him. I've only criticized him. I made it very clear when I was open about that. I did that this by no means negates that I hold him accountable for all his bad choices, yeah. policies and very, very credible sexual assault allegations. Yeah, I mean, um, but, yeah, but also, I don't. Were, were you following the story about D. Dong Shang and this 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 speech he gave about the Biden's being compromised or anything like that? No, I, I will. Admit, I'm not. I, I'm not. That, that's, that's the thing, too. I I think a lot of people assume that everyone knows what they know. And and if and if you've got somebody who's willing to have a conversation and we for the most part agree on like big corporation, you know, exploitative corporations yeah. and government are extracting our resources, well then let's let's uh flies with honey. I mean, you know? I I am not the person that is selling anybody out. I'm just, you know, I'm just a person trying to do service and, I, and help. I mean, it, it's like I, I was between a rock and a hard place. And quite honestly, the damage that it would do to my movement, if I didn't support Joe and was out there saying that, that would end up hurting the progress that we're trying to make by, by for ignorant means and, and reasons. And that doesn't serve what we're trying to do, which is ultimately help people. So there, there is a certain amount of strategy that has to just be in play. I just think it's, you know, for most people, a rock and a hard place. Uh, I think Biden's substantially worse, but I also think uh, I'm not the smartest person in the world and I'm morally superior to other people. So I don't know, you know, other than having a conversation and trying to convince people, let's let's talk about policies, I guess. That's all I do. I do that. That's mostly what I do is talk about policy. This is what I'm about. Yeah. What's that look, Luke? You got to look on your face. Oh, no, no, no. I'm reading the comments there. Oh, okay. Uh, I love the comments. <laughs> all right. <laughs> do they hate me? Are they no, hating me? no. Let's see. Uh, Daniel Maxwell says the Texas case being heard by SCOTUS is the best chance of the election being resolved peacefully. The left will explode, but then things will settle down and go forward in a peaceful manner. I'm not convinced there's a resolution there. If I mean, we saw how bad it was when 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 Trump legitimately won. What do you think is going to happen if he gets this Supreme Court victory? It's going to be it's going to be crazy. I mean, and what do you think is going to happen if the Supreme Court says no to 17 states challenging the results? Like we're, we're in a seriously rough spot right now. Yeah. To say the least. There's no win. Yeah. That's a yeah. good yeah. And analysis. that's and that's the thing. There's no win. I mean, I, I there's not an easy answer to any of this. Lone Wolf says, Will you guys promise to continue producing as long as it's viable for you to do so? We are all grasping to the thin few remaining strands of sanity, and the nation needs you as one of the strongest threads we have. Well, I appreciate that. And if you think the show is good, then uh, please consider sharing it and letting people know to watch and check us out and leave reviews and comment, all that stuff. All right, looks like we got some criticism. Versi says, typical leftist, says she's everything that's right about her party, then proceeds to give examples as to why her party sucks. Says she doesn't like them, but says she is one of them and says she won't vote for them, but does. Uh, well, I don't. I generally don't vote for them. That's that. This is this is something that is really upsetting. Is just this is a total straw manning situation. Like everybody's in one category. Um, 
I don't sing any praises about that. Oh, I mean, the the left is a million different. It is. And the reality is I live in a closed primary state in an extremely gerrymandered district. So the only way for us to make any progress, which being the only way for us to oust somebody like Debbie Wasserman Schultz, is to do so within the confines of the Democratic Party. Trump did it with the Republicans. He was this gonna is run as my reality. Party. This isn't, I'm not there by philosophical choice. So you can call me a typical lefty. I'm dealt with the card that I'm dealt. I live in a place where if I were to run as an independent, I would get absolutely nowhere. So, you know, I... It's just a matter of the puritanical principles of it all is not worth throwing away our entire strategy to try to help people with policy. You know, the way I see it is if they're mad that you voted for Biden, but you're still willing to have a conversation and, and oppose the establishment machine, yeah. they should take the allies where they can get them. Well, that and that's what I think having, about. You know, no support. I say the same thing to the people on the establishment left. They can't stand that I affiliate with Republicans. I go to the Republican meetings in our district because we have a lot in common. I actually met people protesting the oil drill in the Everglades. Those are Republicans. So if we can agree on that, let's work on that. I don't care what your issue is on choice. That's another issue. We can work on this fracking in the Everglades thing. Let's do that. So this is wow, from both really? ends. Really? Fracking in the Everglades? Oh, fracking everywhere but we finally had um a major showdown in florida because a company owned this huge portion of land in the everglades and they were going to start drilling there and the problem it it is so dangerous to do that for so many reasons not to mention it's close to our drinking water forget if you don't care about the other ecosystems but um yeah and the republican organization is against this and we and i'm against this so yet i have people in my group on my team that criticize me for having relationships across that aisle so I am just a person who is trying to serve my community and get the best policies to help the most amount of people and try to avoid as many labels as possible. That's right really on. what I'm trying to do. Right on. Gary Bain says, I think we are on the verge of civil war. People are hoping and in, uh, in waiting for the best. After that, people do not feel that we have any law on our side. Then we don't need them, meaning we will uh, we don't need them, meaning we will need to remove people uh, however needed. Can you feel this? Kind of hard to understand, I guess, but. Well, look at how the law is being bastardized right now with all the lockdowns and police officers arresting people for being in their own businesses and not doing anything wrong or illegal or immoral. And officers literally cage you up, put you in a cell where you're not social distancing, all for the crimes of not social distancing. So I think he's talking about the the breakdown of rule of law, since it's pretty much politicians living on high horses, sending out their decrees in mainly democratic cities that are uh, causing so much human suffering right now. So it's going to be so, interesting to see how people come out of that. I, I I predicted this to you, Jen, earlier. Yeah. Royal Raptor says this woman is not the left. She can say whatever she wants, but the real left are the ones making moves in Capitol Hill and making laws for uh, or for people or people with social power. Her left, she claims to be, is dead. That's why us right use the term. Remember earlier I was saying that people are going to say you're yeah. not really the left. Yeah. No, it's funny. But when you look at what is the what we consider the left or left of center, right? So left of center are the kind of social policies that I am a proponent of, right? Left of center, you have things like Medicare for all, you have a living wage, you have increased taxing on the rich, you have um, basically an economy that works for everybody, that works for working people. So what I represent, when we say the left, I am of the labor party that no longer exists. So what used to be the left, when we say left, to me, we think working people, we think the labor, the labor movement left. That's, that's that's the right these days. Well, now it is. Yeah. Now it is. But but it wasn't always that way. I mean, look, when FDR gave us the New Deal, 
that was about helping save capitalism mm -hmm. from imploding by having people still be able to be consumers. You cannot have capitalism without consumers. So, I mean, I don't, I mean, I'm going by the labels that are given to me by everybody else. I don't really like to use labels. So you, you know, you guys are really the ones that more call me left. I'm just simply di differentiating myself from who you call that woke left. Do you ever look into auditing and repealing <clears throat> the Federal Reserve Act? Um, no, but I'm not a fan of the Federal Reserve. So I mean, I, I could look into that. I mean, I'm open to that. I'm a pretty open person. Like, my goal is to help as many people as possible. So I don't have a particular, like, dogma. Right. Like I don't have a particular thing. I want people to have Medicare. I want people to be able to work 40 hours a week and be able to live. You know, that's we, what I want. So anything that will facilitate that is going to be something I'll support. Well, we got a couple of good super chats. James O'Connor says, yes, this is the conversation that needs to be had. Trump has uh, Trump was has been the biggest threat to the military industrial complex, but is not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Why he is being discredited, not assassinated. And then Rob Walters says, love the guest and discussion. You kids are the hope for our country. I'm 54, he says. We need okay, to talk. Uh, that's my peer. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thank you. We need to talk, respect differences, find common ground, and make it cool to love our Constitution. Too funny, Tim did not know who Wilt Chamberlain is. Yeah, that was funny. Because Will Chamberlain was here the other day. By the way, when you kept saying that, I kept picturing Will Chamberlain. Wilt Chamberlain? Yes. <laughs> I didn't know who Wilt. Oh, like, Will. I kept picturing that, and I'm picturing Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah. A little different I was, I, when I first met him, I'm like, wait, Wilt Chamberlain? Is that, found, is that the, wait, what? I, I know that name. Did he sleep with like 30,000 women? Yes. <laughs> it's something, oh I always say, look, when I meet like athletes, I'm like, they should be aspiring for Wilt Chamberlain numbers. Yeah. I would be. <laughs> Highest 100 points in a game or something. Hey, no, I you're don't talking think, about points, not women. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm the whole, uh, the whole Monty. You know, I don't think Trump was a threat to the military-industrial complex at all. I think he just played the game. He, he talked I a disagree. big game, and then he drone bomb war, and then just didn't do Early anything. He did what everyone did. They he said didn't what was do popular. Anything that would upset the boat at all. But in the past couple of years, he's gone so hard against them. Democrats and Republicans united to stop him. But what and does lied he do? He does lip service. He doesn't do anything. What do you mean? He he fired the Pentagon top brass to put to in like people two that weeks would ago. Yes, and it's been an ongoing news story that he was lied to in order to keep troops in the Middle East, and he's been actively trying to get them that out. That came out two weeks ago, too. Like, he had four years of doing just warfare. Like the story about lo bombs. the Syria line was actually years ago when they did this. Trump was trying to pull the troops out of Syria a long time ago, and they lied to him to keep the troops there. I mean, it was like, what, 400 troops he wanted to pull out? No, I think it was a few thousand. Yeah, and then they like, said, there's only 200 left. They said, okay, there's actually substantially more. We like, don't we know. We have like 120 military bases all over the world. I just, I just think it's, it's, it's too overly pessimistic. We have close to 1,000 military bases. When, those are the, the ones that we know of. Um, some of those are like black ops things. And it's interesting because there's, there are sites, there are things that we don't even include in that number, but that are, are out there. Like nuclear submarines. Oh, I don't know about that, but I know I mean, that those are off the coast. I know that there's somebody who I'm looking at talking to for an interview who was an insider person that came across a U.S. op site in Uzbekistan that was not even registered and they were doing torture there. Whoa. And this is somebody, this was like, I want to say the British ambassador, like he's not an American. This is somebody else. And he ended up losing his job for, for pointing that out. And I learned this from my interview with John Kiriakou. I don't know if you're familiar with John Kiriakou. No. John Kiriakou is a whistleblower. He's a CIA, um, analyst and he actually did 23 months he's the person who exposed the torture oh that's right that's right did, yeah. did, did they go after him for yeah, that no he, he did to... 23 months that's right, that's right. And, and and 23 months in actual prison not yeah. club fed and so he's the one who told me about this so there's this the site just randomly in uzbekistan where we're just committing torture and um the person who pointed that out of course is the person who gets fired and, and if, if listen if you're point, not if you're not going to praise someone when they do something good they'll never do anything good but to the point he didn't go after the 
the military, but if he did, they would have killed him. Yeah. So, so uh, hold, hold, I listen, can't listen. feet to the fire that it, hard. It, it comes down to the, one of my core philosophies is that if someone is doing something bad, you criticize them. If they do something good, you praise them. If you're just going to say, no, I don't care. Trump's bad no matter what he tried to do. Well, well, then why would he ever try to do better? I kind of agree with that. I tried to be on his side for the sake of it. But the fact that we don't know how many people he killed with drone bombs because he made it that way is psychotic. No new wars. And it's so the drone war. Yeah. No, see, no, no, no. Listen, listen. Yeah. No, it's, you're both right. He, he, <laughs> he upped drones early on and I railed on him relentlessly for the first couple of years. After he filed, uh, fired Bolton, things started calming down in terms of the things he that was doing. we know of. Yes, of course. So all I can do is say he literally signed these four historic peace deals. He's been trying to remove the troops for a long time now, and Democrats and Republicans are blocking him, and they're lying to him for years. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to say Trump's not perfect. I don't like the Iran stuff. I don't like the drone strikes, the, the, the potential escalation but, you know, with Iran, the killing of the scientists and all that stuff. But if Trump's going to get our troops out of there, that's going to end all of that. And so I'm going to do this. If somebody's doing something bad, I'll criticize them. The moment they do something good, I'll say, thank you for doing the right thing. Because if you don't, they'll never be incentivized to do the right thing. It's, true. it's, it's, it's the best, it's the best you can do. It. Yeah. So Trump says, get the troops out. I say, thank you, Donald Trump. That's so amazing. You're the best. Please get our troops out. But and like, he's, and he's going to like But it. then do you hold him accountable when he doesn't do it? Yeah, I'll say, and there we go again. That just like, you know, so look, he, he, he campaigned on ending the wars. And then once he got in, I was like, Bolton, it was the funniest thing ever when he hired him. I'm like, I but what know. did he think would happen with that? <laughs> like, and, and you know what? Is there he's not, not perfect? No, no, no. You know but what I mean? There's, he's, he's you know what? When you're naive. in that position, you have a duty to sort of know when you're staffing and have like, I'm sorry. How can you not know who John Bolton is? Or, or not, how about not, bringing uh, in Elliot Abrams to go and solve the problem in Venezuela? I like, think, that's I, not going to help. I think Trump underestimated the... Um, What's the right word? What the people, entrenchment yeah. of the establishment machine or the deep state. That's and, the de- well. That's what we were talking about before. Yeah, and I he, think, but if he really did something about it, really did something about it, then he would no well, longer be with us. You know, us. maybe this will be the best lame duck session ever, and uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with these these lawsuits. Maybe it won't be. If Trump gets reelected, he's going to go nuclear against all of this. It's going to be. It, he's going to be flipping tables. You know what I mean? But in the event he doesn't, maybe in the next month he'll start flipping tables, and we'll see. One could only hope there would be less government. <laughs> I just don't think that's going to happen. I don't see that happening anytime soon. I know. You're, I, you're definitely like, yeah. I mean, you're a little bit more utopian than me with that. That was a sarcastic comment, oh, yes. Okay. All right. Joseph Flynn says, always good to hear from people who aren't wholly committed to the tribe. If I lived in the correct district, I'd vote for you, Shmi Skywalker, for Supreme Chancellor. Okay. I think I you mean the leftist, Skywalker. the left tribe. Matt Wesley says, Tim, would you agree civil war starts when peaceful talking stops? Americans have stopped peaceful talking. We live in two different realities. It was actually the CEO of Axios. He said that America is the the decoupling is going to begin. He fears this, that the two different realities are now so far apart that that's it. There's just two different Americas now. Yeah, that's when I think we're on the cusp of conflict. I can't believe 17 states have signed on to as it was. It was I am curious where that goes. Like, I'm one of the people that I'll make comments on that when we see what the facts are and where it actually goes before. It's sort of like you can jump on that now, but it could en- end up going nowhere. Keith Biggin says, Tim, please offer Luke a long term seat on the podcast. He makes a great adi- addition. And it's really it's really nice to wake up and see him, you know, sitting in the parking lot, living there. People in my bathrobe. <laughs> where did myself. you? Where were you before the parking lot? New Hampshire. <laughs> oh, okay. Before right. the parking lot. Before. In another parking lot in New Hampshire. In we are. Commune. We are. We are going to buy a. Were you big, really in a commune? Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. But it was like it was like a anarcho. 
It's it's a part of the Free State Project, which is a group of individuals moving to New Hampshire to eliminate the government. Oh. <laughs> yes. Oh, we probably shouldn't say that on air. Peacefully. Peacefully. Yes. Oh, through legislative measures, okay. which is kind of an oxymoron, <laughs> but it's a bunch of individuals <laughs> who believe in self-responsibility. Okay, that makes more sense. Yes. Uh, that just sounds like terrorism. Well, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> yes. Royal Raptor says, Tim, you don't care about masks, but you don't have to wear one all day. I work in tech and have to have a mask on every day for like eight hours, and if I don't have it on and I'm not eating, I get fired instantly, so rethink masks. Well, no, I agree with you on that. I'm talking about going to the store. I wasn't talking about being at your job. That's that's messed up, and that's a serious problem. Um, I don't know the solution is to that. You know, companies are going to have their rules. If I go to the store and they tell me that I have to wear a mask, I'm kind of like, I got to wear a shirt too, so I'm going to be in here for 20 minutes. It's, I'm not super concerned. Yeah, eight hours is crazy, for sure. Especially, if, like, you see the, I see the photos of the doctors, the lines on their faces. I think it's that's terrible. crazy too, yeah. Vsidia says, just wanted to point out, none of these sites ever fact check. I can't read that. YouTube will ban me. I would have read it. I'd like to read it. Luke Luke has merchandise that says that. So we can be there. No, they print, banned you it. You just can't say they it. They banned that merchandise. <laughs> like I have a lot of mer- I have a, I have a, I have to have a second store just for that merchandise. Wow. It's about an individual and not doing a thing. <laughs> That's all I can it's say. Otherwise, an individual for over thirty uh, years. That- He's a guy who had an island. Uh-huh. Yes, and with presidents who they went there. They banned that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's amazing. Welcome, to, welcome to uh, despotic overlord, Nyber Dystopia. Oh, yes. Man. So you know whatever. All right, let's see. Oh, we jumped down. Anton Maxson says, Google News U.S. currency on the Behance... What is this? Behance site? Will this be U.S. blockchain currency? Looks pretty cool, actually. Please take a look. And should I run for city council or another position? I am one block left of center on policy. Where do I start? Is that for me? Um, Not necessarily, but sure. Where does someone start if they want to run for I have a lot of opinions about that. So this needs to be something that's a ground up, not a top down approach. So running for office needs to... if, if, If it wants to be successful... It should most be organic. So it isn't a matter of you deciding, I want that job. Now let me go sell myself to those constituents. You're going to be most successful when you actually represent those constituents naturally, organically. And the way to do that is to get involved locally and move your way up. But every market and every district is different. So whether or not, uh, if he said, what he said, he was just center or whatever he said he is one, one left block center. left to center. one block left to center i mean that really depends on where that is what that district is what the incumbent looks like and and what it, because you have to there's so many variables like it's not a matter of whether you want that you can want that but that doesn't make it happen and not everybody is cut out for this you it really takes a very particular kind of person to be able to even campaign let alone once you win so it, it takes some soul searching that's right what i think Ian Greenwood says, Jen, thank you for your principles and being on the show. Thanks, Tim and team, for your service. Appreciate it. Eric Martindale says, read David Friedman's Machinery of Freedom or watch the video summary. Squarely resolves the question of rights enforcement and arbitration in an anarchist society. I will check check that out. Definitely. Michael Clouds says, Tim, you say you are willing to allow anyone who has been shadow banned and deplatformed on your show, yet you seem to be scared of Nick Fuentes. Why? Uh, I won't have just anyone on the show for any reason. And just because someone's bad doesn't mean I'll have him on the show. I have no problem uh, with Nick Fontes or having him on the show at all. In fact, there's a, uh, some friends of mine who are actually adamantly being like, dude, you definitely got this guy, get this guy on the show. It's just an issue of maximizing relevance. And also one of the challenges is I, I'm trying to avoid setting a precedent of people coming in chat and constantly berating me with who, who I have to have on the show. Yeah. And I've, I've been worried that because there's been such a heavy push for Fuentes, that if I immediately just react to a comment saying, okay, we'll have him, then people are going to start sending emails and constantly berating us and demanding us to have people on the show. So, um, is this a democracy? 
Is what is what the because, show? Because yeah, shouldn't be. It's not. Well, then uh, why does every then? And may I ask who that is? Because I don't even know who you're talking uh, about. Who is Fuentes? America First. Uh, I think they're called the Gropers. Is that oh, correct? They are called she, Gropers. She's yes. making a face. No, no, no. I'm okay. Listening. They are uh, America First. I guess they're Trump supporters, right? And uh, he got he got banned because of some clips were being you know taken and spread around. They, and, are highly nationalistic they hold some beliefs that i do not hold i would be happy to engage with them but like tim says i don't like being told to have you yeah, don't like, like to be bullied you know. as to what to I, do I, with yeah, exactly. i don't want to say necessarily bullied i just don't want people to be like hey everyone go into his chat and start, yeah, go mobbing you know yeah, just break, saying man. someone's name over and over because no we, we've not gotten this for anybody else and so like huh. it's difficult because we're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, look, I've, I've got a good friend who's, who is prominent, a political commentator who thinks it'd be a really important conversation. And that's why I'm willing to talk about it right now and bring it up when someone yeah. asks. But it's really difficult because it's like almost every single day we'll get it. People keep saying it over and over and over again. And that makes it difficult. It makes it very, very difficult yeah. because the, the, the way you ended up on the show is. Uh, Did we bully you? No, we've okay, because I on, wouldn't do that. No, no, no we've, we've interacted on social media. Okay, and then there was something that happened where we had a we we you know there was a comment exchange and and then I think you know we were like oh let's let, we'll do the show. Yeah, and it was really really simple. Yeah, the challenge is like I can't just have people you know, but uh, we we will of course we will. It's it's you know I you're I, not I, avoiding I, it. That's the you point. Like you're too hard guys, stop pushing him so hard. Yeah, man. I don't even want to put it that way. It's just like. I do not want to get people coming in and spamming dislikes yeah. or whatever and, and being like, if we just go after him, he'll eventually have someone on the show. I don't want to do that. It would be interesting to host a debate with him. No, I want to. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't want to. Uh, but what would you be debating? Someone like, else what? would debate him and we would just host a debate. I think but what would be, awesome. would be the top? Like, what are they like debating? Like nationalism versus globalism or something or nationalism, Trump versus Biden, maybe. Yeah. So you mean just sort of give them something to argue about? Well, it'd I be just, interesting just, to have the battle of ideas. You know, you always want to challenge what if you if you think something's a bad idea, you always want to challenge it with good ideas. And I think if we ever have that opportunity, I think it's great. And I think we should as long always as it try is to ideas do that. and not just labeling and name calling. And, of course. And, and that's of the course. problem. Yeah. yeah. Well, a lot of people have their ego and arrogance involved. And then the conversation devolves into what you're doing right now. But I think we were able to do a really good job today. I, you yeah. know, I didn't agree with everything, but I, I thought you are pretty cool. And I think Thank you. I think, I think you're I think it was awesome to have this discussion. All right. We got, um, we'll do two more. I think these are good. Robert Miller says, progressives always go on about Medicare for all. If the objective is access to health care, is that better served by abundance or scarcity? If abundance, why do they advocate to create scarcity? I don't, there is absolutely no logical conclusion, but I don't know what that means. There is no scarcity. Well, so if I guess what, what I don't I don't I don't want to put words in his mouth, but if everybody has access to the same health care, yeah, then it's wait lists and very difficult to get. No, that's actually not how that works. Um, we the only limitations we have are what our um, resources are in this country. So whether that um, personnel, your medical physicians, your your people, your resources, your hospitals, your your machinery, your equipment, all that stuff. That's what causes limitations, not the labeling of who's paying for your system. That has nothing to do with anything. I reject that completely. And as far as, and by the way, let me preface this with my husband's a urologist. My husband has a medical practice that he's been in since 2003. He owns part of a surgery center. He covers six or seven hospitals and has four locations for his practice. Medicine is the hand that feeds me. Most of the people in that arena do not support the concept that I'm talking about. Um, this isn't about me. 
It's not about um, my husband foregoing some amount of income. And let me, by the way, and as much as he does not love that idea, he loves the idea of not having to provide health insurance for his employees anymore. So I definitely so, agree with that. And so, so, and he also cannot stand the dealing with the bureaucracy and the red tape of dealing with managed care. That is something that hinders doctors on a level that most people don't understand. So I'm not speaking of this as some, you know, that's the hand that feeds me. I come from a medical family. I think everybody agrees that there's like red tape and bureaucracy jamming the whole thing up. Yeah. And that's why I think you've got many on the right who are saying a free market solution, many on the left saying a universal uh, so- socialized solution. And I'm like, you know what? Honestly, I, I lean in one direction, but I'll take anything other than this weird mangled corporate lobbyist version of whatever it is we have. I it's, just, it's to me, just- that shouldn't be a for-profit industry. Um, it, it, you, and, and no other developed nation has that. Yeah, and like, there's um, a reason for that. Fire, like the fire department, you would never incentivize yes. firemen to, to the more fires because then they'd go start the fires or they'd be happy to see fires get well, started. And with doctors, they get paid more if they're sick people. So well, they, they get paid more for each procedures for, too. And, and yeah. for COVID. So ideally, they would always get paid regardless of who they taught or who they saw. And yes. then we would focus on keeping there, people healthy. But, so there, there, there are challenges like um, how much does someone get paid if they're a specialist, like an anesthesiologist? Yes, of course. You know. There's I, definitely things that have to be worked out. There is no perfect system. But the, but the goal is, is that we are all infinitely better off with a healthy society. I think I think Andrew Yang had one of the best arguments for it. He said the problem is why should a small business be burdened with being the provider of healthcare yes. when they can barely afford to get started? He goes he he talked about how the majority of small businesses fail because it's very very difficult. Why we have them why why are their employees asking the boss, "Do I get healthcare if I work here?" That's very that's a No strain. other country has that. I think that's insane. Now for me personally, I think and uh, uh we talked about this quite a bit. We we do that there should be like, um, I forgot what it's called, acute care. So like you break your hand, you get sick, yeah. you need emergency care. But then for the more extreme and, and difficult illnesses, we need private insurance. There's got to be some kind of mix. And that's, but why? So some treatments are scarce and hard to come by, especially the, like there was one story I read about, I think it was Louisiana. There's a genetic disease and the treatment cost a million dollars to produce because it's rare. The disease is extremely rare. That means it's like they can't just mass produce this. Right. So then who has the million dollars to spend it? Then it shouldn't. But see, why does it have to have that? There shouldn't. It shouldn't be who has the money to get that treatment. Everybody should be the same. But they don't they don't produce the Mm. treatment. One thing that bothers me is when people make themselves sick by eating poorly and then expect other people to to cover. Okay, but then can we talk about um, food deserts and food insecurity and people that have no education as to healthy food and have no resources to healthy food and live in communities that their only walking distance supply of food is junk? And, and yes. like food stamps that they can buy and Pepsi with. Right, right, right. So, yeah. so th- we got a huge problem. Yes. We got a, it's, it's more than just healthcare. Yes. So, uh, people need to be, uh, man, how do you, that's a really difficult problem. You know, Michael yeah. Bloomberg wanted to ban s- large sodas. Okay. Because of that it. is the stupidest thing. I know, thing. I know. <laughs> so but, then but, you could just get two small ones. Right. I know. It's so dumb. It's more money for McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it, what but, sense does that make? But it is, it, it is, these are, these are serious concerns, right? You have a lot of people who, uh, a lot of people who are willfully unhealthy. Yes. And would call it the system. A lot of people who are ignorantly, meaning we have, they haven't give, been, been given the, the proper understanding. So is there a solution where, we have a universal health care, but you have to pass a physical. You have to be like. No, I mean, that's like means testing for things. No, we have universal health care because it's in everybody's best interest for us to have healthy citizens in this country and not using things like our emergency room as primary care facilities. So when you have and by the way, you have less expense. We know this, right? The Koch brothers had that Mercator Institute study, which I think was the most 
conservative one that was done. And that said that over 10 years, we saved $2 trillion. So financially, this makes the most sense. Yeah. So I think to clarify, too, when you say not a for-profit industry, yes. what we really mean is that there are people who don't contribute to this to the com- companies and the system to extract money through the system, right? Yes. And so in this capacity, if the doctor provides a service, he should get paid Absolutely. comparable to like what his skill is and, Absolutely. and what he deserves. Yeah. No, I mean, when you say nonprofit, people still make a living. Oh, they make I a mean, lot of money. Yeah. Actually. I mean, this yeah. isn't every other country that's developed has one form or another of this. And I know urologists particularly um, in Canada and have had very long conversations about this. And they're all happy with the system there. They are. Are there problems with it? Absolutely. There's problems with every system. Well, you can know, you, you know, name a country, that, a system that you like? Um, you know... I, the Australian system seems kind of kind of good to me. I'm pretty open. Like I said before, yeah. I have no specific policy dogma other yeah. than what the end result is. Yeah, for, for me personally, I think we need to have a big discussion about the corruption of the medical system before we start saying yes. free medical care for everyone. Because when we look at some of their practices, especially going after the symptoms rather than a cure, especially with some of the abuses that we've seen, I think we need that conversation before saying we're going to supplement them with think, a lot of government money. But why do you think a lot of those things are there? Well, there's many reasons. There's there's many uh, incentives. But if we give them carte blanche and all the money in the world, I think that abuse is going to happen on a bigger level. Well, right now, it's all profit-driven. Right now, everything is completely profit-driven. Depends on the state. Depends on you know the practices of certain hospitals. Uh, right now, it is a broken system, but funneling more money into it would make it more broken, in my opinion. Well, because you, you're funneling money into a system that's not working. Exactly. So, but that, so that's why we're wanting to change the system. So, so we, we have yeah. a super chatter directly uh, uh, providing a comment. It says, I'm in Quebec, Canada, and our healthcare system is falling apart so badly, I had to wait six months to get a neurologist, and it took less than a year only because my case was flagged urgent. I would have to go to the private health system to get faster. Yeah. There are issues with it yeah. again, but that, and that this has is, to do with how they manage their system and how they, um, allocate their resources. And also they're trying right now to privatize it in Canada. This is why I think for the, one of the biggest challenges that like 20% of our economy is, I think it's like 20% of our economy is healthcare systems. So you've got, you've got management jobs. You've got mailroom jobs. They're tied up in these big systems. And I think even Bernie estimated like 2 million jobs would be lost yep. if we did. Now, I've talked to a lot of leftists who said it was crazy when Bernie said we should abolish private health care because no other country does that. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. in Europe, you can get private health insurance. It feels to me like maybe the simplest compromise is we don't want people dying in the streets. So basic level coverage, you get it. But when it comes to more difficult treatments, then we need some kind of private supplemental insurance. But I also don't want to incentivize That's people me being to be lazy or fat. I agree. And I, agree. I don't want to yep. be paying for other people's mistakes. This is tough. Eat this Snickers and then take this Benadryl. Like, just don't eat the Snickers. Isn't it? Isn't it crazy? I was talking about this the other day. I had I had indigestion because after a show like two nights ago, I ate a bunch of Papa John's pizza, oh. which I don't want to do because they were bad to Papa John and they they fired him for no reason. But I was putting a garlic sauce all over it and I was eating jalapeno poppers. And I got ind- I woke up in the middle of the night and I couldn't sleep because I was like, you know what I did? Guess what? I stopped eating it. And, and that so, helped. So today <laughs> I had uh, some 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 mixed veggies and a sandwich, and I feel great. I bought a lot. And of And I salad. was like, "Wow, yeah. I shouldn't do a bad thing that hurts me." So we got. But these- hold on, hold on. You see these commercials, and it's like I remember watching a commercial where this guy is eating a big old bowl of spaghetti, and he goes, "Oh my stomach!" And it's like, "Do you have acid indigestion? Take this drug." And I'm like, "Just stop eating the food that's hurting <laughs> you. What are you doing? How exactly. do we, humans are animals? You were wild, we want hungry eat- things. Like, how do we teach people?" That they're making themselves sick. Because I will not pay for someone's chronic health care if they keep eating crap. 
Look or, at this guy. You, you, were supposed, or... you used to be so lefty, Ian. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I will not pay for well, these. Well, that's a result of people taking advantage of the system. Those are freeloaders. That, so, that's just the way it is. How do you deal with them in a system you, of free health care? Okay, so this is the thing. When I did criminal law, I would people would say, how do you defend criminals? Because I did defense, and I would defend anybody. I don't care what they did. I would defend anyone. And it's, That's that constitution loving. It is. Yeah. And, and it goes to this. So I would rather a hundred guilty people go free than one innocent person go to jail. Absolutely. Okay. So I would rather a hundred people freeload my system than somebody not be able to get their kids medicine. And so there's, this, there's a difference. But the freeloading may stop. But no, that's best so. positive versus negative rights. Yeah. Well, it is, but that. But to me, when you're talking about a system that's going to be that provides, you are inevitably going to have freeloaders. There is no. You cannot have a free system without freeloaders trying to get off the system, or you know whatever they can take. Then I think this the the, the fair thing would be some kind of obstacle for freeloaders. That's fine. And we can, and I'm willing, and again, like I'm willing to talk about that. I I don't love the idea of, um, means testing things because then you get into, okay, so you smoked, uh, this, this amount back then. So now you can't get health coverage. And you, first of all, the administrative nightmare of trying to figure out what everybody can and can't qualify for. But, but maybe, maybe, maybe it's just not that extreme. Maybe it's just simply like, um, we don't say you smoked, so you can't get this. We just say you have to have, like a physical. So this well, no, and but we should absolutely be requiring people to have preventative health care. That's right. the point. And if people had preventative health care, we don't know what those outcomes. I think be. if we legitimately had a free market, if we didn't have an FDA playing favorites with the big pharma companies, if we literally had insurance companies able to be in the open market, I think if we got rid of the corruption, if that the market might, would have regulated yeah. it to provide a fair price, and because that might, people you know, would want. You know, something good, really yeah. interesting. Um, yeah. In 2019, the economy was was doing really, really well. Uh, Jim Cramer, whether you trust him or not, said best numbers, best numbers of our lives. And we started seeing something really interesting in that uh, businesses started implementing four day work weeks. Yeah. Two week paid vacation. A lot of things progressives had advocated for at a policy level were happening just because the economy economy was doing well. So it's possible that if we start by saying our system is crooked, it really and 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 you know, I think it is. It's because. It's not being built by people advocating for a free market or by people advocating for a universal system. It's being built by lobbyists who want specific pa- things passed mm-hmm. just to benefit them in the short term. I think if we actually rid of the, the corruption, we might find we can make it work kind of like in a hybrid system as long as we get rid of the exploitation. Well, we could have yeah. a discussion about it and we can come to some sort of consensus. Exactly. And that's and that's really what we've been about the whole time is we have to get the corporate money out. And when you say what are the differences, it's if you have representatives taking corporate money, then they are not going to fight for the people in any regard. So yeah. once you get the corporate money out, we can all have a very like nice compromising I, discussion as to the best way to achieve these I things. I'm absolutely in favor of getting uh, money out of politics. I know it's kind of a broad statement. And it's it's huge, but it matters. So the, the the challenge is like I've never been a fan of the Citizens United ruling that Correct. you know uh, I, people have said to me. If you make money, you can spend it however you want. If you want to buy an ad, you can do it. And I say, listen, you can't buy drugs. We do put restrictions on what you can or can't buy. And Luke's solution, jokingly, is to put all the corporate sponsor labels on people. Yeah. It's it's hard, though, because there will still be ways to circumvent the system, like to, to, to you know, bully the system and exploit it. There will. But I'll tell yeah. you, if you had publicly financed elections, I don't know if people know what that would really look like. That's true. What is it exactly? Okay, so what like what you would have with like in my utopian universe is let's say you decide you want to run for president. 
Okay. And we say, okay, well, then you need X percentage of registered voters. This is how it works to get on a ballot anywhere. You have to get a certain amount of signatures to get on a ballot, whatever that is that we decide. And then anyone who qualifies gets the same funding. So it's kind of like how it was in high school. So everyone gets a million dollars and 15 minutes on mainstream media and everybody gets, and everybody gets the same. So we can control that. But we're, we're, we're in a social media world, right? Yeah. So I think what would happen is influencers would become, would become president. Because we, we know what exploits social media to get attention. And then if we re- restrict everyone. Is that necessarily so horrible? I think so. I don't know. Uh, what you, I know is that right like, now we're not having people that represent regular people. That's true. That's yeah. true. Right so, now we're having oligarchs have their little representatives sit there and toast us while we're all running around like peons trying to help ourselves. Yes. Yes. So the only way around that is to get people that are the peons in that position. And the only way to do that is publicly financed. I I do think TikTokers and Jake Paul would do a way better job than the corporate (laughs) globalists that we have right now. I was going to say, I was going to say, Trump is a populist populist personality. He's a celebrity, social media. And you know what? Had he done the things he campaigned on? I probably would be a supporter. But what what I mean is, I think we'd be better with some, we might, we probably would do better if the person's goal was to get as many likes as possible. Because if they were doing things that were getting dislikes, they wouldn't want to do it. Exactly. If you're accountable (laughs) to the regular people, then you're ultimately, see, this is the thing. Let's say you get people in with no money, right? Ultimately, what we're going to have is we're going to have policies that reflect what our populace wants. Right now, we've got three quarters of the American people that believe in some form of single payer healthcare. Most people believe in the, you know, legalization of marijuana. Most people believe in getting out of the wars. Most people believe these things but those things aren't happening right well they're not happening because we have a completely dysfunctional republic we have people being elected not based on that they represent the majority they just, of people they're spending all their time fundraising right they're not so what if you have people in there like your aoc and whatever you think about her forget policy for a second is she accountable to her constituents do they I don't like think so, her no. well that's yeah, between so. them and them but my point is it's not my position to judge that is she representing her constituents they vote for that that's the thing and yeah. her popularity and her approval. So if you were to look at somebody, let's say, you know, your Nancy Pelosi's of the world, their approval rating is lower than Trump's. Okay. Oh, definitely. Yet, yeah. Right. So yet she keeps getting reelected. Ugh. All right. So that's not representing. Who is that representing? That's representing a small group of elitist oligarchs. It's like uh, AOC is hot. She's this young, hot girl. So like. People will just vote for because they want to have. Hey, but that's fine. Celebrity, celebrity. You know what? Same then that's okay. But then that's accountability to the voter. That's on them. But the point is, if she's actually getting, you know, doing what her voters want her to do, then she's doing her job. Maybe voting is the problem. That it, this system that we think is the best system yes. uh, is actually very flawed. That someone well, just push a button and then. Do you, have you ever heard yes. of uh, approval voting? It's where you literally vote as many times as you want. So you could vote once for, for per right. person as, oh, okay. for as many people. I see what you're saying. So I was watching uh, uh, this this analysis about ranked choice voting. I love ranked choice voting. But they said that ranked choice voting also creates coalitions, which create similar pitfalls to the system we have now. Right. And that approval voting was uh, mathematically the best system where you literally say, if there's 10 candidates, I'm going to vote for seven of them. And that created like kind of a, a wave pattern of who got the okay, most. Okay, but that almost sounds a little bit like ranked choice, a little bit. It like very, it doesn't it, it sound is, dissimilar. It's very similar, but you're basically saying I'll vote for as many people, but they're all ranked one. So it bypasses coalition building, and then just creates a like a, 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 you'll see a wave where it's like where the most support just forms in right. certain areas, and that person wins. See, that's one of those things where if somebody showed me this is how this works, and this is the end result, and this is how it would do the numbers, I'd get behind that. Like I would need to know that like, that's the thing. If that's something that would work and give the my goal is for the most people to be what is represented in our policies. So what most people want 
should be what we have. So whatever gets us to that is but what then I'm you get, but, but, but we, we did build the system because there's tyranny of the majority. So it's it's hard to find that balance to make sure the minority isn't being crushed out. Yeah. I know. Well, there's certain things that have to always be off the table. That's the whole point of having a constitution. Right on. Well, with that being said, we've gone over quite a bit, but it's been well, really yeah. fun. Jen, thanks for, for hanging out. Do you Thank have you, so uh, you want to mention your social media? Or anything yeah, like that? sure. So we have a podcast called Generational Change. We are on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, and we're about transforming politics into service. So whatever you're, we are nonpartisan. This isn't about pushing an agenda. This is simply about getting our government to work for us that they're supposed to. That's it. Um, our representatives are our employees. That's what we believe. And then you fight. It's, for it's generational, but it's J-E-N, right? Yes. I'm sorry. J-E-N-E-R-A-T-I-O-N-L-A-L. Generational change. And we are also, you can find us on um, in, um, Instagram and Twitter at GenFL23. And yeah, we need, and we're just trying to do service. Right on. Thanks for coming on and hanging Thank out. You it's so been much. fun. You can uh, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Parlor at TimCast. Check out my other channels, YouTube.com slash TimCast and YouTube.com slash News. Make sure you hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, the notification bell. We'll have a bunch of clips up from the show tomorrow. We're live Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. Tomorrow's going to be a pretty interesting show, nonetheless. We have a, or, uh, I should say, we have, a, we have a good guest coming, I hope. It's going to be fun. And uh, so, everyone, thanks for hanging out. Don't we don't get to, to know who it is, though? No, we never announce guests. Oh, Because then they okay. cancel, you know? It jinxes it, yeah. Yeah, it oh, jinxes it. okay. It's that's really kind of cool. Yeah. Okay. But uh, Luke, Luke is here, and he wants you to follow him. You can follow me on my YouTube channel. Uh, that is We Are Change, or on Instagram and Twitter under Luke We Are Change. I know that Luke has merch on yes, Teespring. Yes, we do. Like oh. the ones that I'm wearing now, <laughs> and also ones that are banned that I just posted Ooh. about on my Twitter. So if you want the banned shirts, check out my That's Twitter. That's so much Luke, more appealing. We are changing. Yeah, it yeah, it's forbidden. Uh, it on is. the forbidden banned Ooh. shirt do you guys, store. Do you guys have merch, Thanks. Jen? We are in the process. Right now, the only merch we have are our volunteer t-shirts for our local volunteers that are wearing our stuff. We are in the process of creating some merch, but there will be merch. Like We're just nice. getting started. But yeah, it says, here comes the sun. Cool. Like it. fun. It's a little retro looking and then it has our logo on it. Are you a Beatles fan? I am. All right. Well, follow me at Ian Crossland. <laughs> right on. And of course, you can follow at Sour Patch Lids, who's been producing this you whole can. time. I have been over here pushing buttons this whole time. Wrongly, it turns out. Sorry about that, guys. But I am here in the corner. Sour Patch Lids, L-Y-D-S. Right on. Everybody, thanks so much for hanging out. We're going to be back tomorrow and we're going to have a big episode on the taboo. We are not allowed to say that voter, fra- voter fraud, oh, okay. uh, um, as per YouTube's rules, change the outcome of the election but we're gonna have uh I, we're booked right now to have somebody on who's um significant in this field and um we'll see if youtube bans us thanks for hanging out we'll see you all tomorrow <laughs> bye guys <laughs>